Do I sound overly congested? You do sound a little trying congested, my friend. To, yeah, I'm trying my best to keep that out of here. But. <laughs> All right, whenever you guys are ready, I'm ready to go. It's my bedtime in 10 minutes, boys. Let's go. <laughs> Always has guests. All right, so I've got Mr. Donald Looney over there, and then I got Mr. What's up, Jason. Donald? What's up, buddy? There he is. What's up, partner? You're gonna hear him in the headphones. So I got this rigged up like you would not believe. Okay, so how it works is hey, I, I got I got Derek. I'm gonna hold him. Whoever's talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. A little bit of this. Um, so you, sh- Derek, go ahead and talk. How we doing, fellas? Oh wow! Doing well. So, uh, so I got I got him going into here, going into here, going onto the recording, and then he's listening to us there. So, right. nice. There we go. The miracle right. of modern broadcast yeah. history. <laughs> how's your How's your symptoms, buddy? Congestion. That's really it. I mean, I feel pretty pretty good. Um, otherwise, I'm just kind of. Sound a little congested, a little tired. You know, I feel like I just finished up baseball practice with a bunch of kids. But, uh, <laughs> huh. I'm, oh, I'm good. pretty good. It's a good thing we're talking about that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Derek has been stuck in a room for like two two days. He has not had contact with the outside world. Oh, why? He got back from his trip and he's been sitting in there. <laughs> he's like, "Are we po- we're podcasting? Right? We're podcasting tonight? Right? I need I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to people." I wouldn't say I haven't had contact with the outside world. I am fortunate that I have a job where I can work from home, and it does require some communication. However, I have not left this room since eight thirty-seven on Monday night. So, you know, I got a, I got a nice little setup going though. I mean, I'm in the master, right? So I got the I got the curtains open, so I get some of that natural light. You know, we got TV in here, full bath. Right, I got a king bed all to myself, and I got the Keurig in here, and I've got uh, I've got room service Coffee, whenever I want. Maker. Yeah. yeah, I'll just uh, nice. you know, I'll text the kids, and they'll bring me uh, they'll leave food bring me front. something from the pantry. I, you know, I, I, I'm so jealous right now. Right, I don't think that <laughs> like you, you're describing yeah. paradise to me at this moment. Well, right now. You know, and, and it's like, wait, can I get COVID? Thing. Right, well, and I'll tell you, like, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that like. This is the first time I've had COVID in the two and a half years, right? Yeah. And uh, it's pretty mild. It's just a little congestion, a little fatigue. I mean, like, okay, so felt now, like I my ran jealousy like is turning to envy now because <laughs> what, what, if you got COVID, like, that's not the COVID yeah. that I had. I know a lot of dudes, a lot of people that had it real bad. And so, like, if this is my experience, I mean, I can kind of make the most of it and just say, hey, listen, I'll take a little time to myself, a podcast with my buddies here. And, uh, Dude. We'll call it good. We're gonna be all right. You know what I mean. So, modern medicine, Donald. It's amazing what it does for you. I know, right? I, mm. Man, what was this like eight months ago? Did you uh, mm. did you lose your taste or smell, Donald, when you had it? No, I was just I was just burning up. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. my entire body was on fire, and you were like mm. extremely and fatigued. I remember. Yes, like you were just fatigued. always tired, and my nostrils just ran mm-hmm. like twenty four hours a day. It was terrible. Mm. Can you hear everybody? Okay, Derek. 
Yeah, yeah, no, this is great. Was that was I, I, I was wondering? Can you hear me? Do I need to get closer well, to the mic? No, it, I I don't think the mics are picking it up. I think it's this like the iPhone mic is picking oh. up, but he's just talking and it's actually coming through the system. Oh. Okay, you slam dunked cool. your hand in there. <laughs> that glass is a little taller than I was expecting. <laughs> Almost went over the board. All right, so well, it's Tuesday. No, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. What yeah. the heck, man? I know. All over the place. Um, well, thanks, everyone, for coming out. Uh, tonight's episode is kids and youth sports is what I want to talk about. So this came up a few weeks ago. Uh, I think we first talked about it during Brian's um, sports podcast where we talked about the Hardy Star. Still still one of the most requested uh, conversations is the Hardy Star. Did you not listen to that podcast, Donald? I have not you listened You still have not listened to it. I'm sorry. Man. Short, short, short in the story because uh, you'll listen to it someday. Uh, Brian was in a costume that had re- no arms, and he was on the ice, and he got knocked over, and he was basically on the ice, T Rex in it, oh. and nobody was like helping him for like a few minutes. <laughs> nobody, it was in the corner, right? You fell in the oh. corner. And was, was like, I was in center ice, but everybody was like was starting to walk off the ice. <laughs> Couldn't have been a nicer guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was in tears when I was listening to this. I, and we had Braden come in, and all he did was have to mention the Hardy Star, and he started just cracking up. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, my that. kids are like, can we listen to the part about Uncle B falling on the ice? I'm like, yes, we can. Oh, I've got it on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right there. So uh, but oh, so man. I think all of us all of us now have had some kind of uh, involvement in youth sports. Um Brian just coached Charlie's uh, YMCA uh, baseball team, so he's our coach for that. I'm with Charlie on that. Uh, Sophie's done gymnastics. She, he did. She, uh, Charlie did soccer. Hated it. He got the ball stolen when he was four years and old. That was and it. Has, and that was it. He's done. Done with the game. Uh, Donald, your kids have all done. Yes. All through high school. Are any of them doing college? Uh, so, my middle son played college basketball. Mm-hmm. He kind of fell out of love with the. The process and the politics involved in college sports. And see, I want to talk about some so of we'll that. So we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my youngest son, he he wants to, he's going to walk on and try to do track. Okay. But, yeah. That's awesome. Jason's also in the middle. He's kind of, he's more like Derek, where he's got a lot of sports involvement right now. Yeah. Your coach, you're taking, you got three sports, four sports going on at one time. Yeah. Uh, and then Derek... God love Derek. He's at concerts for fundraisers because his girls are in dance, and he is Mr. Dance. That's uh, that's for the uh, the girls. Both girls are in dance. Yeah, I've earned the nickname Mr. Sparkle. I think is part of our Mr. fundraising. Mr. Sparkle. Team. Yeah, I've got the two. Uh, I've got the two competitive dancers, which is five days a week, and uh, you know I've got the two the twin boys doing first grade things with soccer and baseball, coaching soccer. You know, so I'm I'm just getting started. I feel like so I'm excited. We have all of the. Uh, different parts of the spectrum here you know because i've got boys that are still like kind of on the recreational side but they're gonna be stepping into that that club stuff coming up here and, and jason you're in the thick of that donald you've been through it. i mean i'm excited to hear the perspectives of what uh the next 10 years could look like for for me exactly. selfishly so yeah so it's i think uh one of the cool things is that we've got that full spectrum of of gentlemen here who can talk through that stuff um because when i and, and the reason why I brought, I wanted to bring this up is because when I played sports, I didn't start until ju- uh, freshman year of high school when I was uh, back home in Columbia. I, pl- I played football, and then I did track and field my sophomore year. But we had the kids that were on the team that were really good. Maybe there was like four or five who had started when they were younger. Mm-hmm. But most of the kids in, in my high school and in, in junior high all started about the same time in junior high. Hmm. And then today, it seems like 
we can't you can't find a team that doesn't already have four or five years experience. I mean, the YMCA league that Brian and I are, mm-hmm. are helping with, um, definitely like the kids are um, young, newer. One or two of them have prior experience, but other than that, I mean, I Braden's team. You know, you guys are actively recruiting. So I just wanted to kind of talk through some of that, talk about it, where it's going, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. take it away. Anybody got something? Yeah. No, I think, um, you know, one of the questions you posed was, um, is youth sports good? And I I can easily say yes, uh, because it just teaches, you know, there's just a lot of life lessons there, dealing with failure needing to work hard, teamwork, all of that kind of stuff. Get, so Getting hit with a ball, uh, sucking get, it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, tonight, yeah. tonight was pitching night. Yeah. Tonight was pitcher. It was pitchers who had no experience pitching, yeah. throwing a ball yeah. at a batter. <laughs> and there were a few people I got hit a few times. So, Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, you, to me, youth sports are, are a very good thing. However, you know, like anything else, it can be, you know, taken too far, too serious. Um, but the the concept of youth sports, yeah, I, absolutely is good. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that, Brian. I, uh, you know, anybody that knows me, like coaching is a big part of my life. Like I, I love that I have the opportunity to coach my sons in baseball and, and soccer. Got to coach my girls before they uh, jumped into the dance world. I, uh, I do not coach that. Um, <laughs> Mr. Sparkles but, is not on the actual dance floor. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm really interested in talking with Jason about, since Jason, like you, you brought up, Brian is involved in like, you know, they got the team, they're in the tryouts, they're in that club world. Like, when I have these conversations, it's like, okay, what is the, what's the ultimate end game? Because yes, youth sports, there's a lot that you can get from it. Is, is the end game... You know, if you have talent, I mean, is the end game college? Is the end game, is it professional? I mean, that's such a small percentage. So, like, you know, when you start dumping the money in, like, ultimately, like, what do you want to get out of it as a parent, right? You know, because, like, like you had mentioned, Stephen, like, when we were younger, you know, 25 years ago, I mean, like, you would play high school sports with guys that never played club. Like they had come out of maybe the CYC, mm-hmm. you know, but some guys had played club. Whereas now, if you don't start playing club, I don't know, Jason, what do you think in third grade, fourth grade? I mean, is, is even that too late depending on the sport? Because, you know, I feel like if you're in the rec world and you're getting good coaching, it's still very valuable, but that's kind of where I like, I need to learn like, Hey, where is, that right age to take that leap into the competitive club type world. If there is one, um, you know, my girls did it in third grade. Um, no, my one did or did second, the other did it in third. So they were young when they started doing the dance stuff, but they were still able to play some other sports. I don't want my child to necessarily specialize too young. So that's kind of where I'm hoping the conversation goes a little bit, you know, like I had so much fun growing up playing every sport, and loving it and still being able to do it at a competitive level. But I feel like it's become more business now and there's a lot of money put into it that you're kind of not forced to specialize, but it's kind of frowned upon if you're not all in, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just curious your take on that. You guys, as, as you've had kids go through this already. Yeah. I mean, it's great questions. Um, you know, we are, we got into it at, um, 
9U, and we found out that we were kind of already late to the game a little bit. Um, kids were starting out at uh, 7U. Uh, Going. What what does seven U mean? What's nine U? Just seven, uh, it's the age groups the that they the age groups under. that they're seven year olds, seven yes. year olds, yeah, and under, yeah, seven year olds and all, uh, and under. And you know we were we were still playing rec ball at seven and eight U, and we our kind our story was a little bit that you know Braden had. Um, he, he was average to a little bit above average on the rec teams that he was playing. Um, and we kind of noticed that. And, you know, you kind of get a feel when you're seeing the kids out there who kind of gets it, understands the game, is playing a little bit. And they're not, you, you look out there and they don't have, they're, you know, they're, they're down on the ground and they got a glove full of dirt, right? And they're just, uh, but the kids are sitting up there and they're, they know, they're picking up the, the, the fundamentals, the uh, practices, you know, fielding ground balls, you kind of pick those up. And Braden was. And then finally, you know, we said, what's the next step on that? And it's it blew me away what that next step was. And it was club baseball. And we um, started this process in August and found out we were already too late. Like, all the tryouts happened July, in July for that next spring season. Yeah, they're they're already starting to do the tryouts, yeah. and then you know after the spring season or after the summer season's over, they're playing fall ball next with that with that team that's tried out, and then you start going into all these winter practices and stuff God, like that. Like, see, when I was in high school, like I hated off season because like, and I didn't know this. Uh, so like, we ended the football season in November, and I thought I was done. And so December, you had the month off, you didn't have school and all stuff. And then apparently I didn't know you were supposed to show up to weightlifting after cl- after school with the football team in January. Absolutely, because in Missouri you're not supposed to practice as a team in the off season for school. But there is an unwritten rule that you show up for the if you're not doing another sport, you show up for the Absolutely. team group of people weightlifting and conditioning. And like I got a, my I got a phone call from my coach at home like Hey, why didn't you show up last night after school? I'm like I. Uh, Sorry, Coach. I didn't know those that was required. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, so for me personally, my experience was kind of different. Um, we, you know, I, I talk often about how the world just isn't the same, right? And kids don't really play outside anymore, mm-hmm. right? Which is why I had to stop earlier because <laughs> we kind of started <laughs> to go down that road as we were talking earlier. Um, but kids weren't playing outside, right? I lived in a small neighborhood. We had lived on a cul-de-sac. A uh, few families had small children, and so all those kids would get out there and play. Mm-hmm. Well, one day, I don't remember what exactly happened, you know, kids doing kid stuff. All the kids decided that nobody liked anybody, right? So now there's nobody else to play with. Um, fortunately, around the same time, uh, one of my middle son's classmates, he was in the second grade at the time, said, hey, you want to play football? Ask your dad if you can play football. And so my son comes home and says, hey, dad, can I play football? And I'm like, Great idea. But for me, him playing football was a way for him to have something to do to get out of the house, you know, be involved. In my mind, I'm thinking you're going to learn social skills, right? You're going to get these wonderful things called teammates, Mm -hmm. right? Because we all value those high school teammates. You know, I played this sport with that guy. And so I'm wanting to have I'm wanting them to have the opportunity to have those same kinds of experiences. Right. Um, And so I thought it was just going to be fun. Okay, mm-hmm. so we show up. We start going to practices. Um, Zarius is in the second grade at the time. My oldest son Donald is in the fourth grade, and my baby boy Daniel is a year before kindergarten. Right, so I'm like, 
they got a kindergarten football team okay <laughs> right i'm talking helmets pads and everything okay? oh wow wow yes at, at five years it's a different old. time Donald. it's a different time <laughs> yes <laughs> um and so lead with the helmet boys lead with the <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like well i got two other boys who can play too let's find some teams for them to play on right mm-hmm. so we get out there and play and unbeknownst to me right the boys are excelling right I'm finally realizing that like my kids are taller than everyone else's kids. They're bigger than everyone else's kids. Like this it all in this this week while right, we're here at football, I'm like, wow, why is are all those are you sure these are second graders? Because my son's only in the second grade. Like why is he you know, but he's like head and shoulders above yeah. all of the kids. And, and more coordinated yeah, probably too. A coach's a dream a at bit. this point. You, you, when you walk in the coaches are like, Oh yes. yes. And this is, <laughs> this is size, exactly baby. what happened. Can't teach size. Yes, right. This is exactly what happened. So Going back to your point about like what's the right time to get the kids involved in club versus rec, I guess like you would have to assess, you know, what what your commitment to the process is, right? Um, how much fun the kids are having, right? And then if they actually have the talent, because they're in my mind, like you don't want to put them into the club world where it's highly competitive, lots of stress, a bunch of pressure, and then their heart really isn't in it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, on the other end of that spectrum, like you could have the the desires and the hopes for the kid to be great, but let's just be honest, like everybody's not a superstar. Yeah, like you know well, like Charlie is decent. I would say he's mm-hmm. decent. He's yeah. not great. He's decent at YMCA league, which is not really that great of people. Like they they have yeah. no experience. It's also his very first time playing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but but it's like, do we continue on? Like Julie and I had to ask ourselves, do we? help encourage this is it something he should do um we talked to him mm-hmm. obviously because we do want his opinion a little bit and we did sign him up for fall ball so because he does want to do it yeah but like he's also seven so eight. he's eight, eight. he's eight <laughs> <laughs> shut up Derek. um so he's eight and it's like at what point is he not going to want to do this because for me in high school, that was the fun time. That was you were with your cool, your teammates. You guys yeah. went to lunch together. Yeah. It was the football. We went to um, a Red Hot Chili Peppers Foo Fighters concert. Oh, the offensive line did, and we owned the mosh pit. Like that was our high school. Like that was high school. <laughs> right. Like a bunch of yeah. offensive linemen just pushing little white kids oh, down. I think it. I think I mean, it. it was just. It was great, but it was. But that was who your friends were. Right. Like right. I remember working at McDonald's. Uh, at Wal- so my McDonald's I worked at was in Walmart. All of a sudden, my teammate showed up to McDonald's and wanted like food. It's like I was the manager. It's like yeah, sure, let's go. Here's your fries, guys. You know, it, like but like they were your friends and like yeah. you got to meet them, hang out, and go over to people's houses and stuff. Like, is Charlie at at eight? Couple said at seven again. Is he gonna get burnt out too soon? With I that think you've got plenty of time to figure that out. Like yeah. he, uh, I think you also have to find out like. Does he want to, like, spend time in the cages, you know, that kind of that extra time getting better beyond just practice? Yeah. Because um, sports will, uh, you, you probably know just as well as I do, sports, now these sports, these clubs will keep you in all year they, if they absolutely. can. Absolutely. So last year was the first year that we played um, all year for soccer. We mm-hmm. played the fall, we played two indoor sessions, and then we started spring right back up, along with doing basketball, yeah, as well as doing baseball, yeah. all the trainings. And they will keep you touching the ball all year long. And I do get 
nervous about the burnout factor. They are still young. And I was checking with Braden, hey, what what is your goal? Yeah, are, are you still interested? If you if he says no, we're done. I'm not living vicariously through my son, which you'll find some parents will uh, do. Yes. They're, they're living, yes. They didn't yeah. make it, so they want to make make their child do it. And Derek, to, add, to answer your question, what's what's the end game? You know, talking to some of these parents and, and the kids, some of the kids, their end game is college. Yes. Right. That's yeah. what their their goal is, and and these are probably kids that are uh, that I've seen are dedicating one sport. Baseball's it. That's they live, they eat it, they breathe it. They're gifted, talentedly to to do that right now. But that's their end game is college. Me as a coach, my end game is hey, I'm trying to put you in a position for when you get to junior high or high school that you're ready fundamentally to to make a team because mm-hmm. as the, you guys had mentioned. Our days are no longer there. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't see kids just starting to play at high school. These kids have been playing for years. Absolutely. And all these kids are coming from these club teams, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, soccer. They're all playing all these club teams on different club teams, and they're then all joining into a high school, a certain high school. And you have all these kids that are pretty talented, have been playing together for a really long time, that are going to be trying to make certain rosters. Yeah. And so you're there and it's a, it's a tricky situation for burnout, but it's almost also you got to keep in the back of your mind. If you're not in it, you might be left behind because these kids that are doing it don't face the burnout and they continue playing right. five to seven years before they get into high school. And that, that that's why I said you have to, to test. I shouldn't say test. Maybe that's the wrong word, but gauge the involvement or the commitment of the child. Right. Mm-hmm. Like my, my oldest son, phenomenal athlete, probably the best child athlete I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not saying that because he's my son, but like mm-hmm. the kid was amazing. But by the time he reached his sophomore year in high school, like football was an afterthought to him. You yeah. know, um, he started in the fourth grade and he excelled. He played well, um, thought about maybe going to a different private school here or there. Uh, but then I, I kind of went against that cause I just didn't want that. I saw the pressure right from from the outside forces mm-hmm. okay and for me you know i'm the big education advocate right so i'm like so we'll do the sports right because the sports could pay your ticket so you can get to higher education yeah okay mm-hmm. um but that's if this is what you want to do right if this is what you want to do and you have fun doing it this is a way that you can do that um and one of the things i, I always sold them on is like if you're a pro athlete you really get to be a kid your entire life Right. Because you just get to play like your job is to play all day long. So if that's the life you want, like, go get it and I'll do everything I can to be there. But as soon as they get to the point to where they're like, okay, I'm done, you know, that that's it. Like you got it as 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 a parent, I think it's healthy when you can know when. To say when? Can I say that? Is that trademark? You got to pass that up. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, you can, you got to know when to when to pull them out, right? Yeah. Because there's so much. And then um, but, speaking to the parent parental part of it, like a lot of parents have those aspirations for their child, like you mentioned, living vicariously. Like so, they start them off. You know, they're thinking my kid's going to be the next Tiger Woods, right? And Earl started Tiger out at this age. <sighs> Yeah, playing yeah, this sport yeah, yeah. and now look at tiger right great example great example. but even with yeah. all of those exposures and all of that time put in like you still have to have like that that it factor right that talent thing has to be there mm-hmm. um and as you go up in age as you go up in level you're meeting a different level of talent 
you know, I remember at the end of our eighth grade year, and then I'll stop and hand it back to you, but I remember at the end of our eighth grade football year, um, we were done. We've coached these kids up from fourth grade through, through the eighth grade. Next year, you're off to high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of parents got upset with me, but I, I had to have a conversation with the kids because that's just what I do. You know, some of you will be at the football games on Friday night. You just be in the band, right? <laughs> right, it's true. You know, yeah. or you'll be in the stands, right? You'll yeah. still be at the game, yeah. right? You'll still have your weekends of football. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, and and that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Was the, the approach that I took? Like, don't feel like you're a failure. Failure if you go out and your future as far as football. You know what I mean? Like, look at these guys here. You got your friends here, right? They're all buddies, and all of those kids still hang out. Um, when you see friends of my my kids who see me in the community, like they're all from youth sports. A lot yeah. of kids I've mentored, they're all from youth sports, be it football, basketball, so on and so forth. Um, but for a lot of parents, that that moment is tougher, right? It's like, well, why would you discourage myself? It's not discouragement. Like it's just reality. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, Jason, you said something really eloquently, and I, I don't think I could have said it that well. But you you were talking about how Braden is is playing a lot of different sports, even though he's doing year round baseball. And I love that. That was going to be a question I threw out there because. You know, like being a coach at the rec level, like my job is to make sure that these kids want to play soccer next year. Like that's my job. It's, it's to make them better, but it's also to make them want to come back and play the game another year and see if they can excel, move on to clubs and stuff like that. But like from a specialization standpoint, I worry about kids getting specialized too young because as much as like – I don't want the identity of like say say my sons are just playing soccer and they grow up just being soccer players. I feel like when they're younger they should be more athletes. I want them to have an athletic identity, not a soccer identity, not a baseball identity because what if you get to a point with soccer where you peak out and that's not your sport. But maybe you could have continued playing athletics in a, in another way. So I like for the kids to be able to play a lot and I love that Braden has that want and that energy to want to do more. Um, aside from just the physical part of the youth sports, like it's a big part of like their friend groups, their social groups. My two daughters that are doing dance, I mean, they're at the studio five days a week, you know, so their their closest friends are their teammates in dance, right? Um, so there's not a whole lot we can control as parents. You know, we're, we have a lot of influence on our kids as they grow up, but uh, only as much influence as their closest friend may have, right? So right. it's good to kind of kind of know who they're hanging out with. So that's a huge part of, of activities and, and sports for me. But, uh, you know, like, do you guys have a thought on, like, specialization? Like, at what age, you know, like, you really kind of have to start making decisions nowadays? Because we didn't have to make decisions 20 years ago. No. I mean, it was like, yeah, I'll play soccer year-round, but I'm still going to hoop and I'm still going to play baseball and do those fun things. But, like, now, like, Jason, now that you're in the club baseball especially, like, when do you really have to say, all right, look, I've got real talent. When do I have to make a decision? I'm just playing baseball. So and that's it. No other sports. So I'll bring up this example. Like, when I was in high school, like, we didn't have lacrosse until junior year of my of my high school experience uh in columbia at hickman and all of a sudden football players disappeared like a bunch of guys went over to try lacrosse because it was a new sport Mm -hmm. and so like um to your i just to your point like when do you know that's the sport you want to do when this you know so 
to me, um, and, and this is kind of something that I talk with the parents on, um, is that my philosophy is we play to what sport is in season because I want Braden to play as many sports as he can because um, it just works different body parts, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it makes your agility different, right, for each yeah. sport. So, um, you know what I hated? Our coach used basketball. As conditioning for us, fat offensive linemen, <laughs> we would it, we would have a we would play a game against the defensive linemen, and if you stop moving, the whole offensive line and the defense line had to do push-ups. Ooh. That was our conditioning. That's why I hate basketball because <laughs> I got tortured with that in high school as a fat offensive lineman. <laughs> My two have you, cents. You ever seen football players who try to play basketball? It's not good. Either. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> but man, they can set, set a hell of a pick though. They can. They can really <laughs> they set can. a hell of a pick. <laughs> they can. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know what, Derek? I, I, it's a it's a tricky question because I I don't know what age group I would actually ne- necessarily restrict Braden on. Um, I want him to play soccer because right now he's in soccer, basketball, and baseball, and those are his three loves. I and love that. I love that. Yeah, you know, and so we, some of them overlap. And you know, I tell the parents, I was like, hey, right now we're in f- we're playing fall ball, baseball, and I know football's going on, I know soccer's going on, mm-hmm. right? Those are those should be your guys' two main focus. Fall ball's secondary. I will try to work around your guys' other schedules that you guys are playing. Now I can't accommodate everybody, but we'll try to agree on where we are still touching at baseball. We're going to play in a league, but we're going to try to still practice baseball. But you guys are going to also Focus on your football and your and your soccer because I want those to be you know you, your 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 son loves those sports. Let's continue them playing those things. Those should be your focus, and we'll keep a, a baseball bat and a glove and a ball in in their hand throughout you know the fall fall season. So, well, and I think I was was I talking to you, Donald, about how baseball is more of an individual sport. I was talking yeah, to somebody about that. that, that was yeah, nice. yeah, it was because because uh, I did track and field. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, I did field. I didn't do track. I was a, I was a, I was a shot putter and a discus thrower. Right, like that was very individual, and mm-hmm. that was a different mentality for my mindset and for my competitiveness because it's me versus individuals of other teams, but it's not like a team sport like football. Right. And so, even mentally, you're 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 learning different aspects of. Um, competition against yourself, against mm-hmm. a team, how to work as a team against another team. Right. And so each sport has its benefits to the kids on learning how to um, just work through problems, work as a team, and all that kind of stuff in yeah. life. And w- what we talked about was kind of like the the personal part, right? Yeah. How I was saying the difference from playing soccer where, you know, you're waiting on someone to pass the ball and you're having direct confrontation with a defender, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball, you don't have that, mm-hmm. right? It's still competitive, but you're out in the middle of the field and you have a square or, you know, you have an area that you're responsible for if the ball comes into your area. Mm-hmm. When you're at the plate, it's just you and the bat against the pitcher, right, mm-hmm. at the mound. And so everything that you do is all on you, right? You can't blame the guy on the other team. I mean, maybe the pitcher threw the ball a little too close to you. Maybe the ref didn't call the play the way you wanted, but still – your efforts impact the outcome, right? So yeah. it's all about what you're doing there. While in football, we all got to play, um, you know, if you're on the offensive line, we all got to hit our blocking assignments mm-hmm. or the quarterback's going to be toasted, yeah. right? Yeah. We got to seal the edge or it's over for the running back, mm-hmm. right? The quarterback and the receiver have to have timing and chemistry to get a, you know, to get a, a pass playoff. Yeah. In basketball, you know, you got five people doing this magical, beautiful yeah. dance yep. around the basketball uh-huh. court, right? It's or you have four guys who just get out of the way. But it's, it's so baseball is kind of different. So I can understand how, you know, 
to the point where you're saying where different sports teach you different things. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. And then for most kids in today's society, right, because, again, let's like say there's no going outside to play, right? There's no get home before the streetlights go on. I think it's in the best interest of the kid to be doing something year-round, you know, to have that those commitments throughout the week. You know, I know Tuesday, Thursday, I got practice, right? Monday, Wednesday, those are my homework days, so I got to get homework set. So as far as, like, giving them a regimen in life and things of those nature, sports year-round, all good. Um, but for the parents, like, you got also got to commit to leaving a track meet and maybe going to a baseball game later that afternoon or a basketball game that evening following the, <laughs> the yeah. baseball game that yeah. afternoon. Right. So when you start doing more than one sport, because all these sports are trying to go year round. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that because when I saw just coming out of high school sports for my kids, once they got to high school, these coaches want them to have the full package. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to teach footwork to basketball players. They want you to know footwork. They want you to understand what they mean when they say box out or seal. Right. They want linemen to know how to approach a guy you know to, to start a block right yeah they, you don't, want they don't want to teach you the fundamentals that day they want you to have them as soon as you walk onto the field and the kids that make the team right and they could have all the fundamentals on earth right but they may not have the talent right yeah. and so a lot of kids with raw talent because they didn't get that early start get overlooked because they may not even know how to line up you know on the offensive line or they may not even have a batting stance in baseball right we know this kid is going to kill the ball right but the way he's standing he's not giving himself a shot right and so now do i take time away from all these kids who already got it who already figured all this stuff out so we can take the field and play and do we have the time effort and energy to pour into this one kid who's an amazing talent but now we got to build that talent Pro- we call them projects. Yes. We're taking a project. <laughs> yeah. kid, that we can see that there's some raw talent there, but do we have time? All these kids are already advanced ahead of him. Do we, because you, you know that kid's going to take more time to, because you're going to start building him. You got to start teaching him the fundamentals. Do you have time for that? You know, is that kid, are you hurting that kid, bringing that kid on because all these kids are already at a higher level than him? Is he going to get hit with a ball for safety aspects? Or is he going to, the worst thing is, is he going to get frustrated because he's striking out when all these other kids are getting hits because he's just not there yet? And that could set a kid back. You're setting him up for failure when you probably should have said, hey, look, at this point, your kid is not ready for this level. If maybe you put him in another another club team or maybe back to rec, Mm -hmm. get some additional instructions and then come try out with us the following year. And if I can interject, Jason, I right? love I love hearing that. I I know I'm not in a room with you guys. Sorry if I'm no, talking over great. you, but like, but it, Jason, you and I um, have very similar mindset. I'm learning, which is uh, which is pretty cool. But yeah, like you brought it up with the whole like you don't want to put the kid in a, in a funny situation. But I I'm curious too. So. You know, I've got a daughter that she's a freshman now, um, and she made the varsity dance team as an eighth grader. So I'm I'm about to learn real quick that life. But the um, at the high school level nowadays, like I don't know if you guys have any experience with that, but will the high school level take on any type of projects, or do they just because they have such a pick of so many kids now, you better come ready? No. So the. So with youth sports, right, a lot of high schools in your communities and things of that nature are already, they're already building relationships with parents in the community. They're already there's building relationships. There's some politicking networking. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's this, this thing that I despise called theater teams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so absolutely. you can play club ball, right, and you can excel. But if you're not playing on the feeder team, 
right? This could hurt your chances. So while you're playing at a different level, and all of them play at different levels, right? But because of these relationships that adults build, you know, this avenue becomes the feeder to what's going on at the high school. These people have the inroads, the relationships with the coaches, and sometimes those things can supersede the talents, which also affect the kids negatively, right? And then not so much as that, but even if you have a kid who has the raw talent, right, and maybe just need to work on some footwork or some batting practice, you know, things of that nature, you have these you have con artists, right? And that's why I'm going to call them what they are, who do these skills and drills trainings for specific sports, right? Yeah. And they're taking money from parents, spending a couple of hours a week with the kid. Now, some kids are taking off and excelling, right? So I shouldn't say, but they, they know they're taking in a lot of kids who are just never going to get it, right? Yeah. But because the parents are so ambitious and want their kids to have these opportunities, they're putting them in there. And a lot of these guys, probably not as many as I'm, I'm painting the picture of but a lot of these guys are just taking it right you know when going back to our day right we played outside all day so if we wanted to play basketball you went to the schoolyard you played basketball we were always had a stick ball game going if not a full-fledged baseball game right everybody's sharing mitts and things of that nature exactly right so we we got all summer to work on our skills right and then we show back up at school and guess what our game is totally different than it was a year ago because we spent all summer outside Mm -hmm. playing with older kids younger kids bigger kids right and we're not in this bubble of the you know eight or nine you eleven you playing with you know and then sometimes you got parents who are playing the kids up to you know playing like a nine-year-old playing with 11 and 12 year olds they're obviously physically overmatched but that level of competition can help makes, them, makes them better right makes, makes them better because in theory yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know so there's what a is your go ahead what do you guys think the role of the parent is right like as you go through this because <laughs> you know like because for me like i'm when it comes to the soccer stuff, I'm all in as the coach, but for baseball, I try to be more of a parent and I end up helping out. But like, as, as they get older and as they get into a more established club setting, what does the role of the parent become other than being supportive, getting them there on time? You know, like when does it, it that, that's such a, a fine line to walk. So I'd just be curious anybody's thoughts on, on that. I will just say one thing. Cause I've had the, we, we, I, we usually have, um, a parents meeting at the beginning and you know, I kind of ta- tell them what the expectations are for the parents going back to what you're saying Derek is hey I need your kid to be there on time I need to know uh, for games I need your kid to be there at practices I need the communication to be with me if you're not going to be able to make it or you're going to be late it's very that's just professionalism it's common courtesy I can I can things happen in life you're not going to be there but here's the one thing I tell my parents Outside, I said, if your son is only touching a baseball when he's at practice with me or at the game, he's not going to make it. He has to, you have to be working with him at home, whether it is just playing toss with him, throwing fly balls with him, whatever that might be. You need to be playing some type of activity with him that involves a baseball at home. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you, you see it, right? Yeah, no, it's tough because. It depends on the, the, again, that's why I speak to the commitment level of the parents, because you have some parents who are all in, right? Um, you have some dads who are like me. Um, I was a basketball guy. I love basketball. Football really wasn't my jam. But when my son started playing football, 
I became an assistant football coach. Yep. Right. Because I just wanted to be there with them for them and for all those other kids. Um, and then you have, you know, in, in little league football, and I don't know if y'all do this with baseball as much, but, you know, we always had the, the team moms. Right. And so, you know, the, the kids always stayed hydrated. Right. Kids were never hungry because mm-hmm. the team moms were always there with snacks and goodies and drinks and things of that nature. Um, so th- to speak directly to the role of a parent, like there's always involvement there for you, which is why I always say practice. Like, I'm so glad that I don't have practice anymore because practice was always a part of everything. There was always mm-hmm. something to be doing, um, you know, in football, whether it was cold towels because it's burning up. Because we start playing football here in Missouri in August. Right. Yep, two so days. could you imagine putting a kid in a helmet and pads mm-hmm. to night or tomorrow like oh my god poor at at five yeah at five years old (laughs) right no wonder your son hates get out there downs with your full pads right um Mm -hmm. so there's always something for parents to do as far as involvement i guess it just depends on your commitment level um to what you want to see from that because you can only get so much as much out of any organization as you're willing to put in it right and so, you know, when you talk about club sports, we're talking about traveling and things of that nature, right? We need people to, I say we like I'm still in it, um, but, you know, You're some, always in it, buddy. someone's got to coordinate all these trips, hotels, transportation, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's so much stuff to be done, right? And it's so much easier for coaches, head coaches especially, if I can just focus on teaching the kids the game yeah. right and so if my focus can be teaching the kids the game and we can find parents or assistants or whatever because essentially so what i'm saying like the, the parents usually become the organization for that age group right and for some p- parents like for a while they were my social circle because i didn't have time to do anything else because we're playing sports yes. here around yes. right yeah. so the only people i'm hanging out with is the football parents or the basketball parents um there's so much like that's a, that's such a the answer to that is so broad and I guess it really depends on where the parent is as far as the commitment to what's going on there. I, okay. I definitely think that's a season of life thing, right? Like for the parents too, like they're hanging out with the other parents and there's common things and that becomes a friend group for absolutely. It could be fifteen to twenty years. For yeah, sure. you know what's crazy is the uh, those youth those traveling youth hockey teams like that level of commitment is insane because almost all of those youth hockey teams travel state to state practice six in the morning five in the morning like Mm. that and then not not even mentioning the cost of like hockey equipment i mean that's rentals ice time yeah that is yep that is a serious commitment. I mean, we're, we're, we even mentioned in youth sports, like we're talking about a billion dollar industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. that's what I'm. It's big business, yeah, for sure. That, that, mm-hmm. not, not big, like bigly business. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like bigly. you go, you drive down the road, and yeah. all of a sudden you see a, a barn or a metal building going up, and it's like a, a practice thing for this, or mm-hmm. like um, the over by the soccer field, over by um, the theater off of Winghaven. Oh, Rush yes. fields over there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like all of a sudden, there's more. All those fields mm-hmm. came in one day, yep. and then all of a sudden, there's metal buildings around there for more sports stuff. Yep. And yep. it's like it, it's just yep. the money's there. Chesterfield's building a massive uh, sports complex. Um, I forgot even how how big they said it was going to be, but it's like indoor, outdoor. I mean, it's have, have y'all been on those fields out there in Chesterfield, like right in the valley off of Highway yeah, Forty? Uh-uh. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. they're amazing. All they're turf fields, sweet. yeah. 
I mean, the baseball, the word, the soccer and baseball. Yeah. And the concession, we play football out there, literally football out there against the the Chesterfield teams. I mean, in the concession stands are Mm -hmm. practically gourmet restaurants. Like I'm not even like, it is amazing. And the thing is the money. Oh, go ahead, Derek. Sorry. I think the words out that regardless of economic times, people will still spend money on sports, especially youth sports. So it's more of a, it's more of a safe money making opportunity if you wanted it to be right because you're still going to put your kid in baseball you're still going to put your kid in soccer regardless of what the stock market's doing it's a it's a little bit uh it's gonna make money it's gonna make mm-hmm. money regardless so people are getting in on it absolutely mm-hmm. all right so i want to go to the next topic which is those parents oh. who want to live through their kids with the sports because i experienced that for the first time really at charlie's game a few weeks ago where one of the coaches was, get the gloves on the ground, guys. On, you know, on the other team. On the other team was like, third base coach was like, get the gloves down, get ready to go, get the stance, guys, go, go, go. And like, I'm looking at Brian like, what the heck is going on with this guy? <laughs> These kids are brand new to These this. are YMCA, yeah. first time players, and this guy's like all into it. And I'm yeah. just like, I don't ever want to be that guy. I don't want to be that. But you know what? My, At least the guys out there trying to coach him. We're dying for good coaches right now. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't the coach. <laughs> he wasn't the coach. He was just a guy standing oh, on the third base. The he was. Oh, he was like no. a dad standing on the third base. Like I go out in the third base of the first mm-hmm. base line to help the kids like run, <laughs> like yeah. stop. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah, get the ball. So like my approach, especially with you know, knowing how new these you know eight nine year old kids are to. The game is, no matter what happens during the game, be encouraging, um, you know, whatever we need to work on, we can work on in practice, but because, you know, they they do, these kids do, they hustle, they, they want to learn, they're having fun, so, I mean. Well, and, but our, our group of dads are very supportive, mm-hmm. we've been fun, we, yeah. no one's been mm-hmm. a tool yeah like like exactly we've all had a good time yeah but i mean i'm I'm assuming you guys both uh and derek and it's weird i'm talking to you guys but derek's also (laughs) right there there. (laughs) um did you guys ever have experience with parents that were like that even after you set expectations and like what was your response to like some of that stuff so there's really nothing you can do about it right Uh, so when you when you talk about club sports like it's an investment, right? Especially when you're talking about sports like baseball, you know, hockey. You mentioned um, football. You know, you sometimes like just one season or session, right? One one season, you know, whether it's fall, spring, winter, or whatever, could run you close to thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. You are spot on with that. You know man. I just I didn't want to I didn't want to forget that point, but like <laughs> that's where the investment comes in, right? right? Because like. Yeah, you want to have a manner of tact as a parent, but if you're investing a bunch of money, like when does the expectation yeah, like, and so come in? They want the right? value. Like they they feel like they want a return on their yeah. investment, mm-hmm. um, and it, it it's tough to. It, and I guess you know I have a way of kind of you know letting them down easy. You know what I'm saying? And saying like, hey, maybe this ain't that. You know what I'm saying? I understand what you want. Right. Yeah. But you've got to consider where the kid is. Right. Because you're pushing the kid. We're going to do everything we can to make get what everything that we can get out of the kid mm-hmm. who's involved. Right. Yeah. Um, and then when you have a guy like me who's just really there for really for the kids. Right. 
you know, those conversations become tough um, because parents want, I mean, everybody wants their kid to, to succeed. You want them to be in a position to be the best that they can be. Um, and we, we live in this age, you know, now where, you know, we were all raised by boomers mostly, right? Mm-hmm. And so everything we did was wrong, right? <laughs> there was nothing that we couldn't do, no matter how great we did it, right? We, it always could have been better, okay? And so a lot of us Gen Xers, you know, raising our kids, we're at a point where we're like, oh, it's okay, you gave it your best, right? And it's not your fault, it's their fault that you're not mm-hmm. succeeding, right? Not only is it their fault that you're not succeeding, but I dropped a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I blew a bag so you could come out here and play this mm-hmm. sport, okay? And so I want the return on my investment. So you're going to spend time mm-hmm. with my kid to do this. And so you get a lot of those situations. Then that turns into parents who hop from club to club, team to team, bounce around all the time, trying to find... <laughs> the situation where they can feel that they're getting the most out of it, which is really, and again, damaging to the kid, because now you're taking me away from my friends. I got to go into this new circle where these guys have known each other three or four years, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm an interloper. It, I mean, it's, they're just never really going to be happy. Yeah. To, to be honest, and we, we've, we've dealt with this this, this past season, and, and I go in there with the set the expectations, even with tryouts. Like, look, there's a, there's a different mentality for rec ball versus club ball going back to the money you pay. You pay quite a bit of money to go to a, a club, so there are certain expectations. So when I talk to the parents about that, I said, hey, look. This is my coaching style. I'm not in the face. I'm not that type of coach that's in the face. I'm not yelling at the kids because I don't. Uh, it's not military. I'm not here to break them down and build them back up. That's not my style. But I am here to tell you guys, I am not chasing wins. I'm here to chase development. All right? I've, the kids are developing. They're having fun. The wins will come on that. So if you're, uh, if you're in this strictly for a win-all basis, I am not your club. I'm not your team, and, and, and I'm not your coach. Because you, at the end of the day, like you said, Donald, they're going to leave the club, and they're going to continue to chase until they find a club that just wins. And even then, they're probably still not going to be happy with what they've got. So essentially, they're just never going to be happy. Well, so I had one parent, right? We did, did basketball. And the first year I played with this group, we didn't win a game. But the kids were having a blast, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they... Everything that you would want for your kids, like being, you know, finding solid friends, enjoying themselves, having fun at practice, at the games, you know, they hang out off the field. But there were like three or four parents that this just wasn't good enough for, you know, and it's like, well, why would you do that to the? Well, we're not winning. They should coach better. He don't know how to coach so on. And so why are you here? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if you want that, like we've got there, there are teams and there are clubs there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So go ahead, try out for those, you know, to take that energy over there. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but so, it, it, it hurts. It's frustrating for me because, again, it, it, I feel like that does a disservice to the child in those situations. Yeah. So is that majority, half, very few? Like, what is the normal, like, is it every year you got one or two that you're just like, the kind of person? Or like... Uh, 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 Coach that I, I know who has an older son had said, because I was kind of freaking out when we started losing some players. We lost a few players. And I was like, he's like, look, just count on each year about 30%, which equals out to about three players, mm-hmm. three or four players that are going to move on mm-hmm. just because of whatever the factors might be. They're looking for something different. They didn't feel like their kid got enough playing time. Whatever that might be, just expect 
30 to 40 percent, three or four kids are going to move on from your team. And you're basically at that point, that's when you use tryouts to either try to fill that void with an equal or better person for talent or somebody, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for somebody that's coachable, like good attitude, got some talent because you can develop talent. Right, mm-hmm. you can work on that talent. If they got you got something to work with, but you know, being a good teammate, it's got a good personality. Takes uh, what you're telling them and applies it immediately. Right, hustles. That's yeah. the kind of kids that yeah. I'm looking for, not a kid that's already got talent and knows it. Right? right, and it also depends on you know one of everybody's favorite buzzwords these days is culture. Right, yeah. Like what type of environment? What type of attitude do you want to reflect? through these kids that you're coaching. You know what I'm saying? What type of people do you want to send out there on the field? What type of environment do you want to have around the kids? Um, A lot of people love the militarized version of coaching, right? Where the kids are, you know, everything's on a road. They get out and they fall in line and they're up, you know, toting bags and all of that stuff. Where you have other kids, where kids get out and they don't even look like they're coming to play a sport. Like kids are laughing Mm -hmm. and joking and playing grab ass Mm -hmm. all over the place and the parents can't control it. But those kids get out on the field and they eat. You know what I mean? Like they're they're amazing. You're like, but we were so ready for this. And they, you know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. they're having fun. You know what I'm saying? So it all comes down to the type of culture. And a lot of times with tryouts, I never tried out the kids. Like, I always tried out the parents, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you going to fit in this environment, right? And are you going to understand? Because y'all, if y'all know me, like, I, I'm I'm just not that guy, right? I, I'm not going to hurt the kids. Like, we're not going to be mean to the kids. Like, there's a way. I'm not I'm not Bobby Knight. You know what I mean? Not I would, throwing I would chairs. Like to say I'm more, right. <laughs> you know, I'd be more Rudy, maybe, maybe Rudy Tomjanovich or, uh-huh. you know, uh, what's the San Antonio guy? Oh, Popovich. Popovich, Popovich yeah. right? Like, I'm going to yeah. sit down. Like, the plan's already been set. Everybody knows what they got to do when they get out there, right? Just go out there and do it. You're and if Bella you don't check. do it, right. If you don't do it, then we'll talk about what we did or didn't do after the game, right? We mm-hmm. got practice all week. We can reassess. There's no need for me to be on the sideline yelling and screaming at kids, hollering at referees. You know, now when I wasn't coaching, I was just a dad. Oh, I was I was the aggressive dad in the stands. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's my boy. You know, so on and so. Forth. But but as a coach, it, it, with that's that's not the that wasn't my role. I didn't feel like that was my role. Like, yeah. is there we're there to teach, train, uplift, yeah, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Which it go, it goes back to the, what we were talking about when we started was that you know sports are good for kids. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I see the value in it. You know, I just I just struggle with the amount of intensity and amount of time commitment at a young age that's what i that's what i struggle with and and but you guys brought up some really good points tonight that like if you don't do it they might not have a chance to play in high school you know and so you know i guess maybe balancing um balancing the good and the bad so that your kids don't get burnt out early is is where you should be at. So, no, th- and, and I see it all the time. Like, there's forums out there that said, "Hey, look, people are anti-club. Like, they have good kids, athletic kids. Are like, we're not buying into this paying fourteen hundred dollars for a club due, or you know, we just want something that's less intense, mm-hmm. and the kids can have fun." And there and there's clubs out there for that. There's rec, there's really good rec teams that's been out been together for a very long time. They hold tryouts and everything else mm-hmm. that doesn't cost as much. You know, they don't have two or three jerseys. They just have a regular T-shirt that has their name on it, right? And they go out there and play. There's the good thing is there are organizations out there to almost fit anybody's needs out there yes. for cost and everything. It's mm-hmm. just going back to culture. What are you looking for, and how? 
dedicated do you want to be to that right yeah. so yeah and then what does your kid want out of it you know that that's i think that's the thing we miss when we talk about the youth sports you know and the parental piece right because a lot of times um especially with basketball like you have parents who want so much and have such high expectations for the kid and the kid may not even be that committed to it yeah you know and i think with with my oldest son you know we have some some talks and i think that's kind of where i missed the mark with him because i was so I was so hopeful for the talent that he had, right? And so, I mean, especially when he's in, like, seventh and eighth grade and you got, you know, other coaches or opposing coaches, you know, whether it's football or basketball, saying, oh, that kid could go D1, right? Yeah. You better do, you know, you got to do this. And so you're like, I, it almost got to a point to where as a dad, after his sophomore year where he kind of fell out of love with football, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. He just didn't want it, right? It was what everybody else saw potentially, but it wasn't his thing. You know, so it's kind of a slippery slope there. And I could go on and on about that, but I, I'll stop it there. <laughs> Derek, you got any final thoughts on sports or any other questions you want to ask? Yeah, no, I just I was writing. I wrote a lot of good stuff down tonight. Just uh, listen to the conversation. Like, I, I love the the communication piece being so big, setting the expectations early. You know, um, I also really like that you brought up, Donald, the uh, what does the child want? Right. Because, mm-hmm. Stephen, I was thinking about when you were saying you're like, man, like, I don't know if Charlie wants to be in like such a, you know, too competitive of an environment. Maybe he sees it differently. Maybe we ask him and he's just like, no, I thought it was a little silly, but I'm good with it. I mean, it just I, I sometimes don't give my kids enough credit. Like, I'll be like, hey, was that a little intense? And they'll be like, what? Like, they didn't think it was intense, but I thought I was being too intense. So I'm going to start asking them a little bit more. Well, and kind of seeing and, what and they think. To that point, I think Charlie likes baseball because yep. it's not as competitive mm-hmm. of a team. Because, like, he got that ball stolen and he was just done. Soccer. And then I've seen it he happen. Didn't like, if they took it. Yeah. And then I've seen it happen <laughs> yeah. a few other times in, in his life where he doesn't like that much competitive. But in baseball, it's him versus the pitcher. It's him running the bases. It's him in the field, and he's. I think that level is good for him because he his personality likes that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, and I never no, I played thought it. this. Oh, go ahead. I thought this was a great conversation though. Like I mm-hmm. took a lot of I took a lot away from just talking to a couple guys that have been through the coaching world um, that are in it right now with young kids, older kids. You know, I uh, I think it's cool. No, and I think it's cool that a lot of us have a similar mindset that we just want to we want to make sure the kids have every opportunity. Um, but it has to be realistic, right? So, um, no, I thought this was a great conversation. It was I, really good. I think one of the toughest parts that I've came across now uh, and has been an eye-opener being doing the coaching aspect was at such an early age having to cut kids mm. for tryouts. It Having that conversation, because I just read uh, on a forum today about somebody, a parent that brought up said, hey, what are, you, what are people's thoughts about coaches not calling kids calling parents back to let them know their kid didn't make it because we had that happen to us coach said he was going to let us know if he made the team or not never heard from him still this day i'm waiting for the call and that was two years ago okay <laughs> so it's, it's unacceptable if you're asking me i mean that's like that's just that's in the business world too you got to give feedback to mm-hmm. it's unacceptable and, and that's yeah and, i mean i had to make a couple of phone calls and it's just i it's i struggle because why is it why do i have the right to tell you that your kid's not good enough to play on a team Mm-hmm. I, it's very, very tough for me to do that right now. And I, and I don't want to crush, you know, I think if you're seven or eight years old, 
what does it really matter? But when you start to get the nine, 10, 11 year olds, mm-hmm. they understand that they know they've yeah. tried out and they didn't make it. So you're basically telling a kid, Hey, you're not good enough right now for this team. And, mm-hmm. and the parents, um, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this as well, but I, you know, one of the parents was like, really? He, he didn't make it. And it's, it's kind of like, I try to give feedback and said, Hey, this kid, your, your son did this well, but he really needs to work on these things. I tried to be, make it a, a good conversation. I, yeah. Hey, sorry, your kid wasn't good enough this time. Come back next year. Mm-hmm. No. Hey, your son did this really well, did this very well, but he needs to work on this, this, and this. We'd mm-hmm. love to have him try to come back out next year. Try to, or, you know, Hey, is, are, are you looking at another fall ball team? You know, is, can I give you any suggestions? You know, are you looking at rec? But to me, that was an eye opener because Braden two years ago had to try out for soccer and, and trying to explain to him like the, that concept, the process, like, Hey buddy, I need you to go out there and have fun, but I need you to try to play your best you ever played because it's on the line these next three days, whether you're going to be on a, top team or you're going to be at a bottom team right and he's like well what does that really mean i was like just go out there and have fun and we'll let the cards fall where they fall right yeah i I didn't even want to have that kind of conversation but he kind of had needs to know a little bit what's what's he doing out there like you're playing for a spot somewhere Mm -hmm. you know and that with, with basketball it's a lot easier to kind of set tiers and levels of teams because you can you know, basketball is a, is a very skilled, like it's a very skilled sport, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so kids understand when they got the skills or they don't. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like they get it, right? Um, and it's a lot easier for them to accept in, in the basketball arena. Um, so a lot of the groups and, and teams that I've, I've – units, clubs, whatever that I've worked with, like I said, they had, you know, maybe the A, B, or C team. Um, and they would label them according to whatever that club's color was, you know, so you may have the red, white, and blue team, different skill levels, so on and so forth. Um, But the conversation with those parents then becomes, you know, when your kid can do this, that, and that better, you know, maybe he can move up to these teams, you know, or will scrimmage and practice, and if he plays well with those guys, you know, maybe they can do other things. Um, And then when you get to certain clubs, you know, who travel, right, there's certain kids who are going to travel and there's certain kids who aren't. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I never got involved with the clubs who would just bring the parents in. Like it. Long story short, it's fine to cut the kid. Right. One day you're going to get cut. One yeah, day you're not right. going to get the job. Right. Yep. So that that's fine to do that. But let's let's have those conversations now. Right. Let's have them understand there's nothing wrong with working harder to be better. This is what you should want to do. Um, but, you know, when you talk about travel, there are certain kids who are not going to travel. So let's just have those conversations up front. Um so you don't feel bad and maybe let's keep the kids in the system maybe let's keep them around let's find another way that we can do things um there are a couple of basketball clubs i know right offhand that kind of do that you know they have some teams that'll play in a cyc league they have some teams that'll play in some aau leagues that'll play against bigger levels you know or i shouldn't say bigger but tougher competition mm-hmm. right because i mean no joke you got like six five seventh graders out here okay and so you don't want you know the five, six kids out there playing against those guys. That's not going to do them any good, right? right. <laughs> not hurt them, actually. Absolutely, right? Um, so, you know, you you, you really got to look out for what's best for the kids. And sometimes that message, regardless of how high or how firm you are in setting those expectations, you're going to have those parents who aren't going to get it, yeah. right? They're never going to get it. Um, and there's really not a whole lot you can do about that. It's, it's a very slippery slope. So Jason didn't pick up on my final question when I said to, to Derek because we're at an hour and five minutes already <laughs> oh, wow. of, of us talking. So, um, 
There's the mic hit. It just gives me longer when I'm doing my long drives somewhere. I got it takes up more time. <laughs> more podcasts. Yeah. Right. To well, you know, when you guys were. I mean, this uh, is well, easily, clearly the most, I want to say, revolutionary hour and five minutes we've ever done on the podcast, Steve. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's well worth it. Well worth yeah. it. That's for sure. And we're, and we're recording again. <laughs> All right, let's go. So, um, so this is part two because we love sports and we love youth kids playing sports. And shut up, Brian. That I'm way to save that one. I will cut that out, Donald. How you're? How are you doing on time? Because I know you got to work tonight. I'm fine, Jason. You want to hop in and talk and ask Derek a question about some of his stuff? Yeah, Derek. I, I was just curious because you know you, you you guys are in dance and you know yes. I have a daughter as well and we're like, hey, you know what? Let's just initially thinking we'll just throw her into some dance. You know, let her get into that, see how it works. It can't be all that expensive. But then talking with you more, that is not the case, is it, my friend? Yeah. So like with the dance stuff, I um I didn't really know what we were getting into either when the girls were young, right? So um when we moved to Wentzville. Uh, we just got them involved in like a small dance studio here and it was it was actually perfect for us because it was one of those like yeah it costs money but it wasn't like we weren't traveling all over the place yet it was kind of a a nice introductory studio to be at and then when my oldest daughter really started to show like promise it was like oh wow okay so she's really like talented one she's talented but two she's like really enjoying it and so we were, that studio ended up closing. So both of both of my daughters wanted to continue doing it. So my wife and some of the other um, parents at the time did a little bit of homework and were like kind of going around and looking at different studios around the area and just, you know, same thing you do with any of the other club sports, but um, they settled on a real cool studio in Cottleville. And what I like about it is I mean, with dance, you can pay as much as you want. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get charged. There's the tuition, which is flat fee, but then you're going to pay by the dance. You got to buy the costumes for that dance. And you got to pay for, like, the competition fees. That's on the competition team. If you're just going to do, like, the, they offer rec classes, mm-hmm. which much less financial investment. You can still get training. You can still have fun, and you can still do the recital and stuff like that. But if we're talking, like, competitive dance... Both of my daughters are on the same competitive dance team, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite an investment. I mean, it's, and Derek, know, I took a look, I could have them on four different soccer club teams. It's about the same price because of the travel and because of the costumes and because of, um, like, the competition fees that go into it. There's a lot of fundraising opportunity and stuff, but it's time more than anything, man. It's there at the studio Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. For probably about two and a half to three hours doing technique, and then on Sundays between ten and like six, they're going to be there for a few hours actually running dances. So that's where like they're specialized. That's all they're doing. Like Harper was doing um, rec soccer with me to a point, but then it got to a point where I was like, man, like Harper, I know you want to keep playing, but like if you get hurt doing this. And then all of a sudden you can't compete because you basically train from August until January. And then you've got five, six, seven competitions from February through June. So like they don't even compete until the spring. It's just practice in the fall and winter. We're talking so about practice. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about practice, man. And I'm like, if they, 
if, if like one of them were to get hurt doing something else and not be able to compete, I I feel pretty bad about that because one, there's a financial investment, but two, like they're part of these dances, you'd have to re-block them and do all that. But I'll tell you, when I watch them dance and compete and the training that they get and the discipline and like the parents that were around, they're all kind of pulling the rope the same way. It is the most fulfilling thing I have ever been a part of because you see your kids grow up and they're matching passion with talent with that push. And so that's why with the boys, like I hope they find that same thing, but like dances, I mean, it's, it's great, but it is definitely a time and a financial commitment if they if they love it. But they love it, and being being a dad, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can so they can continue doing it as long as they want. So. Yeah, we're hoping for a scholarship for the Golden Girls on Mizzou's team. That'd be sweet. That's what Look, we're, well, in football. That'd be sweet. And, you know, yeah. That's what, you, know, you know, and it's it's interesting because, like, with, with the dance stuff, like, I think about the end game. I don't know if it's a, a boy-girl thing, but, like, with the boys, you know, like when you think about them growing up through sports, it's like, wow, college scholarship, maybe. With dance, like, it would be cool if there's some type of money in college with that. But, like, I just really think it's cool that the girls, like, have, like, that group. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just Maybe that's just because, like, boys, as they're growing up, I feel like they can settle a lot of problems, like, with their fists. But like with girls, it's like if they don't have those tight friends and those friendships, it can be a it can be a tough go, man. So like, I, I just love that they found like a real a real good group of people too. That's as important to me as anything. I am blown away by the the practice time. Oh yeah, I, it just I did not yeah, expect that. Dude. I mean, that's like it's two is, or three practices. Is Peyton still doing dance? She's still doing dance. She's still in. She's doing silks now and all this other stuff. And yep. And we're not even competition, but I was like, oh my gosh, like the cost on the outfits alone are 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 up there. I mean, but she she enjoys it. And I gotta imagine your daughters are probably in great shape. Like Well, that's the other thing, man. Like it it is absolutely like physically demanding. I mean, they are both they're both in great shape. Um, it forces them to you know, they they work hard, they eat well, they're active every day. Yeah. Right. So it's like But the thing is, like, I do try to balance that with my wife when we're having conversations. I'm like, because my oldest daughter for a long time, like, she would get up, you know, like in middle school, she's getting up early because school starts at 730, right? She'd go to school, get home, she'd have about an hour and a half and then need to be at the studio at five. And there was a couple nights a week, she wasn't done till nine. Get home, it's 930, takes a shower, goes to bed, rinse, repeat. So it was like, as long as they can handle it. But then the other thing, too, is, like, you know, they don't have to be in eight dances. Like, both my girls loved it. We gave them about the max they could handle. They could be in two. They can be in three right. or four. You know, they don't have to have this full load. But they loved it, and that's their thing. And I'm like, listen, if you can handle it, I'll support you. And so far, so good, right? But you can always pull back if you need to because you're you're paying by the dance. You're paying by the costume, by the... You know, so it's it can be as high or as low as you want it to be. You know what I mean? I, I'm curious. Like we talked about the end game, like going being what you call it, a golden girl. The golden girls, girl. yeah, Mizzou's golden girls. Yeah. Is 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 what she your daughters are doing now? Is this like a resume builder? Like when they go in there and start? I know it's got to. They're, they're probably going to be uh, based upon how they dance and everything else. But will where they 
danced at and what shows they were in and all these years of experience, is that going to help them in those type of moments? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. Like as far as like the, what it can do for them with college, I know that like with Addie being on the high school dance team, it's a different kind of dance. Like the, um, the studio she dances at is more of like the artistic, more of like the, um, like the Broadway or like the jazz contemporary, um, hip hop, like all those different styles of dance. Whereas like the high school dance team is more of like the palms and like stuff like that. Mm. So I think it's kind of a mix, but like where the studio stuff can really come in is if, you know, she wanted to pursue some type of, a you know, a career like in professional dance or it's really just teaching her the same type of lessons, like being on other sports would, would teach you, you know, it teaches a lot of discipline. It teaches team. It teaches you to be on time. Um, if your steps aren't on time, the whole dance is off. It teaches memorization. It teaches like, you better be there for your, you better be there for your teammates. Um, but it, it teaches a ton of discipline, man. I mean, it, it's unbelievable to watch them perform and, you know, just to see how they have to be exactly on time in exactly the same spot or the other three people are all out of whack. Yeah. So it's, uh, and that's yeah, they weird. learn a lot of life lessons that way. But, you know, I need to explore that. I don't know what that means for, for college. Yeah. You know, I don't know what they look at in those scenarios. Well, and then that's, that's kind of where you differ from sports, right? Because art, I mean, dance is more art than than even competitive dance it's more artistic than it is just like a raw I, you know what i was uh, told though i gotta call it sport by Go my ahead. girls because i mean they're fit yeah it's a little different, different. <laughs> yeah I'm you, well i, I mean as far it, as the perspective but... of the, those people watching right like right. We're, we're we're looking at, at at an artistic expression and the interpretation of that really is subjective whereas in sports right there are points there's a score there's wins and losses you know yep. And when you still start dealing with dances and things of that nature, um, it's all based on the judgment or the perspective of it's whoever sit, yeah, right. you know, whoever sits the up there watching. That was the hardest thing for me, man. It's it's subjectively judged Absolutely. by professional dancers, right? So like some competitions see things differently and yes. grade dances differently than other competitions. So it's just interesting to see yeah. the scoring and, and stuff like that, you know. And so, but I mean, as far as, as where they could go with it, you know, just as with all the arts, right? I mean, you can make a lot of money or you could be a starving artist, depending on however you want to do it. You know, it's really about the passion when it comes to that. Those kinds I told, of things. I tell my kids, I'm like, you can do whatever you want. You want to be uh, you want to be a dancer? That's great. Own the dance studio. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a cash you know? cow. <laughs> you want to be like, you want to be geez. an artist? That's great. Own the studio. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know what I mean? like, absolutely. So you can and, and it, you know the the field is so broad for that. So wherever they want to go, with it. but again, it kind of goes back to the sports. Like you know, be passionate about it. You know, because I love if basketball. Your kids are right? involved and you support them. I mean, that's what it's about, right? Right. You see where they go. For yeah, sure. absolutely. All right. Is is NASCAR a sport? That's what I want to know. Is NASCAR a sport? Yeah, I think it's a sport. I don't. It's not my favorite sport. I don't watch it. I'm not that interested in it. It's but guys I, driving cars. I is still it, consider it a, sport? it a sport. It's guys driving cars. I mean, it's but a they race. Also lose twenty. So I guess the a race, race is so a sport. Physical. There's some physical to it, right? Going left the um, whole time. <laughs> I mean, it's a competition. Is it? I, I will say this: I've never seen a NASCAR driver 
who was out of shape. <laughs> An overweight driver. Right, yeah. Right. I've you're never not, seen one. You're not seeing a John Daly type guy <laughs> climb into a car after drinking four or five Miller Lights and oh. be like, here we go. Like, yeah. That needs right? to be NASCAR a thing drivers now. <laughs> lose about 20 pounds during a race. So that makes it a sport to me because of the G's and the heat. And all that stuff. Yeah, um, really. You know, I used to, I used to kind of try to compare, like, hey, what's a sport and what's not. And I'm like, listen, man, if it's a physical workout, we'll call it a sport. That's what I was throwing it out there because I think it's funny. Just you know, <laughs> yeah. just, you know. I mean, bowling. I mean, bowling. Hey, look, bowling is a is a leisure activity, but we can call it a sport, right? You can score. That's right. If <laughs> it's in my Apple darts. Watch, if it's in my Apple Watch. Yeah. It's a sport. So, Derek, with the with regarding the travel, uh, are you guys? Yeah. I mean, are you guys going like Nashville, and are you guys going out pretty far for these competitions? You know, so our um, our studio is pretty. It's pretty chill with that. It's actually kind of nice. Um, you know, so we are doing most of our stuff is local to the area. Uh, we usually do one out of town. Like we're going to Branson this year for one. Kind of out of town, and then the others are all around St. Louis, like whether it's Clayton, St. Charles, down by the airport or downtown. Um, there are some studios where you will travel a lot more, similar to hockey. Um, we're not one of those studios, though, which which helps with cost. I would say that, like from a cost perspective, I mean, like we're kind of we're probably in the middle. You know, we're not the most expensive studio, but we're not the cheapest either. Um, you know, like there's some that'll do a nationals. Like we did a nationals with our old studio that went to Destin over the Fourth of July. So you can imagine what that was like. You know, just as far as the travel and booking and all that, awesome experience. Um, but it's just whatever you want to get out of it. And you it, know, and that's why you just do your homework and kind of figure out what the the ledger is going to look like and what the training looks like, and if you can make it work, perfect. That's why I work a lot of concerts and fundraisers with them. You know, because it's there's a lot of fundraising opportunity in dance because it's it's quite a bit of a commitment. So, and to go back to like what we were talking about earlier with the youth sports and stuff about um, you know travel and stuff like that. Like, if you have a team of football of baseball players and you don't take one or two because they can't, the parents can't commit to traveling and stuff like that. Like, if you have a dance competition and somebody can't make it, your whole dance is not not there. Right, you know, because like there's a piece missing if a kid doesn't show up to that. Mm-hmm. So it seems yeah. like there's even more of a with dance a more of a more commitment by the parents. Like you will get your kids because there's eight girls dancing, and if one's not there, somebody's not being held up correctly, and the whole dance falls apart. Right, you know, and but, it goes back to setting expectations, right? Because there's there's recreational classes offered. But then there's also a competitive team. So the idea is that the people that are in rec will feed that competitive team. Mm-hmm. So they set up, they give out like the list of expectations. Like, hey, if you want to try out, here's what it is, and it lists out where the where the travel is. It lists out the financial, it lists out expectations, and all that. And then you just hold them to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there are. It doesn't happen often, but there have been dancers that have been like, hey, listen, like you're not, you're not following this guideline you're not showing up you know there's people that have tried to do two sports which is fine until it's interfering with i mean there's five days a week practice you know so you have to make a decision at some point so there have been some that have been asked to leave you know over the years but uh i mean just like any sport i mean it's super fulfilling as a parent to see him excelling yeah you know and, and then, see him working working hard and doing that with something else i can imagine would be tough because it's not like you know basketball or 
you know, a sport where like you just sub somebody in, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have our first baseman. Well, great kid, you get to play first base today. Now that's the greatest day of that kid's life. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. <laughs> right. But, but like you said, you know, um, you know, somebody's out and our whole routine is is thrown off. You know, we're supposed to be standing in a diamond shape and now that diamond has become a triangle or an oblong, yep. you know, shape of yeah. some sort and mm-hmm. the dance doesn't even make sense anymore. Well, I'll tell <laughs> you, you know? man, like, I will give it up to these girls because, like, I mean, it's a hard sport. I mean, you, you see, like, you know, with cheer, like, you see all the injuries and the wraps and all yeah. that. There was a there was a girl in uh, one of Addison's dances that fractured her foot with two competitions left mm. and she danced. She kept going like she like on the fracture went foot? through it because if she would have pulled out, she would have had they had had to reblock the whole thing and it would have just been a whole it would have been a lot of work. But she just went ahead and danced two more competitions with a fractured foot. Um, thought that was pretty tough. <laughs> what know? age is this? What, what age is this? What age was that? So she was an eighth grader. Yeah, so wow. she was an eighth grader. So like the te- so the way the team will set up, I mean, it's anywhere from seniors in high school down to, I think the youngest is probably like a third grader. But like they don't like the dances are like by levels, so you're placed in like level one, two, yeah. three, four, five. But there are some dances where it's multiple levels combined, and uh, yeah. So this was a, a level three eighth grader that was just out there doing the thing and i had no idea until she was wearing a boot after the show so scales are tough man you know and and so going back to what we also we talked about in the last um segment um the business side of this i we image a lot of sports kids Mm -hmm. a lot of kids come in for mris because of injuries and um you know um Sorry, Brian, you popped that mic. No, I just sorry. lost my train of thought. Um, it, it's a business on the medical side because you do have more injuries at a younger age. Yeah. So are are we seeing a detriment to kids being injured earlier, having issues before they're fully developed? I mean, yes, Derek, mm-hmm. your girls are like in shape, but like, is there any detriment from mm-hmm. a physical? That that's something I would have to like. We'd have to look into and do look at studies uh, and stuff. So. Well, I, Steve, and I think about that a lot. I mean, I know there's. Um I mean, there's uh, one of the parents, their older daughter dances on the team. Their younger daughter plays club soccer. And uh, she was telling me that the one girl, I forget what they're called, if they're like polyps or something like that, but like on the kneecap, Mm -hmm. because she was running so much, she was developing like these painful polyps. And the only thing that makes them go away is rest. Um, But yeah, from dance, like, I mean, I'll hear Addison like get up off the couch and like her hip will pop. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some like, I, repetitive, I, like, you got to rest, for sure. Uh, I think this is a good time to bring up the uh, the Little League World Series. Um, you know, the Little League World Series is probably a thrill of a lifetime for those kids. Um, but recently, and I think recently, they've had to put limits because of how hard these coaches were grinding these pitchers um kids i don't think you're supposed to be throwing curveballs and sliders when they're nine years old ten years old um well their body's not developed probably shouldn't be you know yeah throwing 80 pitches two days apart (laughs) and and you're right there where i was going with that Mm -hmm. because i told you my sons play football and so they 
became running backs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so just imagine like a, a fifth grade version of Eddie George out on the football <laughs> field. Like, I mean, and they're just trucking kids, so on and so forth, right? And, you know, in the beginning, it's cool because you're winning game. The kids are having fun. But as a dad, I'm like, dude, my son just carried the ball 40 times in a little league football game. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. He scored eight touchdowns. He's feeling great, uh-huh. right? But he's going to be beat when he gets home. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do this eight weeks in a row. No, we're not. We're not doing that. The wear and tear and the grind on his body. Mm-hmm. And so those hits. you get guys who make it to the NFL or college football, even right, and they may get three or four good years out of them as a pro, and they're done. Mm-hmm. Right, that uh, uh, NFL running backs, you know, career spans what eight years, something like that. I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's a long career, I think. For right, I mean, yeah. by by your if you're an NFL running back by your. By twenty eight, twenty nine, you're con- usually considered kind of damaged goods. Yeah, like because you, you, you. Well, I mean, if you're going to be a professional baseball player, they might as well just give you Tommy John before you join the team. <laughs> you know, I mean, the amount of pitches yeah. these guys have thrown by the time they're twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's the point that true. I make with that is, you know, it starts at that young age. You know, where you're doing so much. Uh, so going back to last time we were talking about the role of the parents, like somewhere you have to, you know, be the I don't know what what word I'm looking for here, but you got to set the balance, right? The patient, the advocate of the kid. You have to advocate Mm -hmm. for your kid's health. Like Mm -hmm. the competition is great. Everybody loves winning. Winning Mm -hmm. is fun. If you're not having fun, right? Winning will make it be fun, right? You (laughs) can have the worst day ever, but you get the win, right? You get the reward for, you know, you win first place Mm -hmm. or you win the tournament. Like, that's great. I want to do that again, whatever it took. And so you remember all the hard work and all the dedication that you put into it. And now you want to double down on that because you want to get that win again. And, you know, as a parent, sometimes it's tough to step in there and be like, yo, I'm going to have to raise back a little Mm -hmm. bit. You know what I'm saying? This is hurting. We got to consider your health. Um, And that's why for my sons, as as they got to high school, I started to try and it eventually worked out. But I tried to transition them out of football in the more track and field, more basketball, um, more other sports, you know what I'm saying? Things of that nature. Um, and speaking to my middle son, like the reason I mentioned last time that he was kind of over sports, but I sat down and talked to him like what, what's going on with it. And he said, you know, I've been, I've been nursing an injury every year yeah. since I was 12 years old. Like every year during basketball season, I get hurt some kind of way, whether it's an ankle or a foot, an elbow, like some, there's an injury I've had every year and I'm just tired of it. And I was like, I respect that. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that's where you are with it, you just you want to be healthy. Be be healthy, son. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's got a, he's got a long life to live, right? He right. Want to be, yeah. yeah. And going back to pitch counts for the little league, it's real big. I mean, it's it's a thing, and, and it surprised me. And some of the tournaments we played, there's certain tournaments that have guidelines for you. Like there's certain pitch count, certain innings that you can't go past, uh, and they want to give kids um, t- uh, days for rest. Like if you kid pitches like three or four innings the next day he has mm-hmm. to sit out but there's some tournaments where they don't they leave it up to the coaches and mm. i've seen kids just pitch out we don't do that I'm, I'm very lucky and blessed that i have a coaching staff that we all agree upon pitch counts and innings and next day because some of the, some some of these kids would pitch till their arm falls off they really don't care and you talk to the parents and some parents are like well what does my son say well your son says yes, but we say no. I just want to make sure you're okay yeah. with with that, right? We're going to pull him after, and you 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 blink, 
and the kid's up to like 40, 45, 50 pitches. And you're like, oh, mm. gosh. And we got to pull him out. Like, we got to yank him and go somewhere yeah. else. And next day, he's like, am I going to go and pitch, especially in tournaments? It's like, no, you're not. You're done. Mm-hmm. You're done until if mm-hmm. we make championship game on Sunday, we might get to pitch again. Mm-hmm. But no. I like hearing that they're regulating that. I mean, I was in eighth grade. I threw 112 pitches in a tournament in Granite <laughs> City, and I thought my arm was going to fall off. Oh my god! You know, gosh. for like three days. You know, and then mm-hmm. the next day I played shortstop. I mean, it's it's brutal. You know, so I'm glad that they've got. Are you play shortstop the next day? Protect people from themselves. <laughs> <laughs> as much. I, I do want to tell a funny story. <laughs> I, I got. I just want to bring up this one about me having to scale some things back because I. I'm trying to. I told the boys at the beginning of first practice. I said, "Hey, boys, we're, I want. I'm, we're here as. Uh, I want to build leaders on this team and on the mm-hmm. community. I want you guys to go out and do right things. Mm-hmm. In each practice, I'd have like some type of inspirational, motivational quote from somebody like a Derek Jeter or Michael Jordan. And it's funny mm-hmm. because the kids are like, "Who? I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, no. right, right. So, so um, our our downfall throughout part of the season was we would um, just spiral out of control in innings, like teams would score like seven runs on us and that, those were when they had run limits on there and they just we just couldn't stop the bleeding you know and i'd get the kids in and I'd be like hey let's in between things pump them up like hey boys like you know we gotta you gotta face the adversity right you know you gotta get out there and and you know we may they may have scored seven runs but let's get in there and chip it chip away at, at you know we mm-hmm. don't have to get all seven runs back let's let's get two or three runs let's get this back you just, we gotta really face the adversity and i said it a couple games adversity and, and finally i go boys you guys know what adversity means? I go, nope. I was like, oh my gosh, boys. Why didn't somebody say something in adversity? Like, we're, we just thought it was just a cool word. I was like, no. You're on a roll, Dad. I, I was, man. I was trying to give this big speech and I finally explained to him what adversity was. They're like, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can try to do that. I was like, oh, we faced a lot of that. Right. We, we, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh. So uh, that, that taught me a lesson. Like, don't talk over the kids a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I try yeah. to get up these great speeches, but I'm like, maybe I just dumb it down. You need a to give bit. the uh, the Al Pacino speech for any given Sunday. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. The best. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I used to do. Then I knew it was goofy as I was doing it, right? But the kids appreciated it. And for me, it was kind of like teaching them discipline and commitment. But what I would do is I would give them a word like every two weeks. You know, and be like, yo, bring me back a definition to this word. Like, I'm going to, here's the word, you know, mm-hmm. and it so, would start off with something like determination or discipline, you know, or go out there, figure out, yeah, yeah, go out there, figure out what that word means, bring back your definition. If everybody does it, you know, listening. we don't have to do the closeout laps what is, at the end of practice right. or something like that. You what does listening mean? <laughs> listening, but, yeah. but no, it would be these kinds of things, right? Like, absolutely, because. When you're dealing with fourth, fifth, sixth graders, right? These are problems that you have. Like focus. One time it was like focus, oh, right? Yeah. And so everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I want you to give me every definition you find in the dictionary for the word focus. Mm-hmm. I want you to write it out and bring it to me. Don't type it. Like get a piece of paper, write it out by hand, mm-hmm. you know. And everybody who did it, you know, would come and they say, okay, read yours, read yours, read yours, right? Um, but I would do that a lot. And then the parents would be like, well, why are you doing it? You're not in English. No, but we're. It's, it's all part of the thing, mm-hmm. here, right? And, and we're, like we're building character, so on and so forth. And I'm glad right. you guys are doing that because, like, stuff like that was high school. Like that was what our high school football coaches did for us: mm-hmm. teamwork, building. You know, the O line. You know, because you got your football team, but then you got your O line, which mm-hmm. your O line is a group of brothers and in, in mm-hmm. arms yeah. in the trenches. Yeah. And so our O line coach would do stuff like that. Like, what does it mean to be have your guys back and teamwork yeah. and stuff like that? Um, 
I can tell you right now, the YMCA league right now, we're just trying to actually even like catch the ball. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. where we're that's where yeah. we're at right now. Yeah. So, but no, but like stuff like that down the road is really good advice for like something I can help with Charlie. You know, what does some of this stuff mean? Right. You know, what does it mean to be mm-hmm. on a team? What does it mean to be focused, disciplined, and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of kids will tell you, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like discipline. I don't want to have discipline. No. <laughs> like, no. You know, I don't want to do something over and over again until they're just, it's natural. Yep. Like, why can't I just not do that? Well, that's kind of what we're doing mm. here. You know what I'm saying? That's part of the sport. And part of, well, part of, you know, being on a team is explaining to, especially at a young age, is part of being on a team is explaining that you're not going to always get to play the position you want to play. Oh. You're not always going to bat where you want to bat. Like you are on a team. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It just, for sure playing club ball. I, you always know you're in trouble when you get a, a text from a parent that says, I don't want to be that parent, but <laughs> and it's like, oh, boy. here we go. But I'm going to be, but I'm going uh, to be. And uh-huh. you know, I, I don't like doing things over text, especially yeah. in those conversations. So mm-hmm. I, I, I called the parent and I said, let's talk about this, right? And, you know, try to explain, address their concerns because it's open door policy. If you have a concern, I want the kids to have fun. I want the parents, because like you said, Donald, these parents, it's, it's a culture. Like I tell the parents, mm-hmm. hey, look, and we are, you're kind of trying out the parent as well, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're going to be spending a lot of time together. Like we do, um, we try to do it at the beginning. We go to Pizza Ranch, and all the parents kind of get to know each other. Kids, especially with new kids, and then we had a um, a travel tournament. We went to Bettendorf, Iowa, and all the parents afterwards we fundraise enough money where we all went bowling, and we were able to pay able to pay for all the bowling. And all the parents were just hanging out. And if you don't have a good culture where people aren't getting along with each other, mm-hmm. that could have been a hell of a mess. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and so you know you're talking to those parents kind of ahead of time. When you're trying them out, yeah, yeah, you, we think your kid's good enough, but tell me which. I even ask them, like, what are your expectations? What are you looking for? And if it's you start to get a feel for it, like, yeah. are you only here for the wins? Because that's not what I'm here for. Right. I'm right. here to develop your child, and 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 when your child goes to that next level, whether it be junior high baseball or high school, they can. That and there's a certain spot. That maybe it only outfields open. Their son can, can go. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, when I was playing club ball, I played third base, catcher. I pitched some, I played first, and I played outfield. Oh well, let's let's try you out. But if they've only known one position, yeah, I only played yep. catcher. Yeah. Well, do you know anything about playing outfield? Not really. I don't know how to crow hop. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and that's so, got to be tough for baseball because, like, with basketball, mm-hmm. your your skill set kind of determines what you're gonna. Be. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. If you can't dribble, you know. Like there was one year I coached a fourth grade team um and best ball handler was the tallest kid on the team. Right. <laughs> so you know, it, so he's you know, he's out there bringing it up the court and you know, and it's like, okay, now hand it off and you go into the so you try to teach them all these principles. But I guess with baseball, like you gotta have like you gotta have the arm to play third base. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody right. just can't play third base. Nope. You know? Nope. Um and maybe, you know, when you're younger, you know, the kid who doesn't focus as well, maybe he can play in the outfield, right? Right. But by the time you get to high school, so you gotta have an arm to be able to mm-hmm. motor that thing in from out motor there. Yeah. So you know? <laughs> here's where I was kind of an idiot um but <laughs> when i tried out 
uh, freshman year for my high school baseball team, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the tallest guy in the world. No. Um, really? So I uh, I tread out at first base. That was a mistake. Like there was plenty of people taller than me playing trying out for first base. So like looking back I'm like why wasn't I trying out for second base? Second base, right? Yeah. You weren't a lefty, you weren't yeah. tall like yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the other funny thing is like lefties. Yeah. It, even at this age it's like where do you put a lefty? Like you don't, see many left-handed short, you don't see left-handed shortstops or third baseman or even second baseman. Like right? First base pitcher. Yeah. See, and this, see I'm not a baseball. This outfield. is stuff that I didn't even. Yeah. I mean, in basketball, if you're, you're a lefty. lefty. You're right. If you're a lefty, you're like first base pitcher outfielder. Yeah. Teach them to throw a curveball. That's all they need. <laughs> right, right. And, and going back to, we were talking about the p- p- pitching, mm-hmm. the counts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, there is no you, fastball. That's all the kids like. Well, mm-hmm. when do I get to teach uh, curveball? It's like when you can throw the ball over the plate consistently. <laughs> that is when you can yeah. learn how to throw another uh-huh. pitch. But son, out of uh, thirty-six pitches, you had seven for strikes. Yeah, I'm not going to have you teach teach you anything else, but just to throw the ball over the over the plate. And once you do that, then we're going to work on placement. Can you hit the outside corner? Can you hit the inside uh-huh. corner? Greg Maddox through mid high eighties. Okay, was. He's, yeah. But he was amazing because he could pinpoint oh, man. the ball yeah. where he wanted to go, and that's yeah. why he lasted so long mm-hmm. in the big leagues. And that's kind of the thing I'm looking for. And well, you, even you, these youth kids are like, "I want to pitch fast, like tonight." Yeah, I was catcher. I had no gear on. I was playing catcher, and some, one of the kids was like looking down, didn't look at me at all, and just threw it as hard as he could. And I'm like sitting there, like ke- covering myself up, <laughs> yeah. like trying to make no sure it doesn't on. hit the wrong spot because they they don't have any accuracy. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're just like trying. To, and again. It's a youth. It's a YMCA yeah. league. So they're yeah. just they're they're imitating professionals that they've seen on the television. Mm-hmm. We're not expecting, you know, rock. You know, great control. Right. But like, there was just one tonight that was just like every time he got up there, yeah, he got into the stance. He put his head down, and he just threw it as hard as he could. And it went everywhere. Uh, it went everywhere. <laughs> it went everywhere. Uh, well, and you notice like the guys nowadays that are like the Greg Maddox types that you know don't throw too hard but are good at controlling the ball those aren't the guys that are getting arm injuries it's the guys that throw 103 with a wipeout slider yep that are putting absurd torque on their elbows yep those are the guys that get arm injuries so are we seeing that in the youth that's the question is like as we're getting these clubs and like not not necessarily seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds but like the teens, like the, the fourteen, the thirteen year olds, are they? Were we seeing these injuries because they are being pushed? Twelve and thirteen, for you, you, you'll hear the common term "dead arm," mm-hmm. where their arm just they, they, they lost velocity and everything else, and and it, the cure for that is rest. Right now, it's not to the point where you're having to have surgery just yet, but you get the dead arm for that age group, and it's going back to over over pitching, throwing too many innings, or um, probably throwing. A couple select pitches that you probably shouldn't be throwing at that age because of the torque. I just don't really believe in that. That's not my philosophy. I think mm-hmm. right now at this age, we're trying to get the kids to be able to throw consistently strikes yeah. over the ball. And then you work. I said, hey, look, going back to the kid that was throwing hard, I was like, you do me no good by throwing as hard as you can when you're throwing it all over the place. I'd rather you take something off of it 
get the ball over the plate, mm-hmm. and we go from there. We'll work on velocity later once you have control. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. even talk to me about a, a yeah. changeup or a curveball. <laughs> Man, are you out yeah. of mind? A funny story about that, actually. Uh, tonight, one of the kids that was pitching, I was kind of trying to tell him the same thing, like, you don't need to try to throw it as hard as you can. And he was like, well, I think I do I do better when I try to throw it really hard. And I go, okay, let's see what you got. And he throws throws it as hard as he can and throws a strike and he looks at me and goes I'm like, <laughs> like like you little kid <laughs> like whatever like yeah. <laughs> I do 10 of those right, right. exactly yeah. the next row. eight were yeah. all over the place yeah because it, it's funny I had a kid but the last team I coached where I said the tallest kid was the best ball handler like the best shooter was a kid who was I mean literally a shrimp I don't even know how else to describe it and so he comes <laughs> into practice and he's just heaving these balls from behind like the three-point line we're at a high school gym and he's just heaving them up there and i'm like mm-hmm. dude stop and he's like no i just hit one coach you see i just hit one mm-hmm. and so i challenged the kid much in the same uh-huh. way and i say okay yeah do 10 of those right uh-huh. and you know what he does he does 10 of them he's the next john stop <laughs> <Yeah. right there. laughs> he does 10 of them and i'm like okay you can shoot that as much as you yeah. want but it started stuff with other kids they would be like well he gets to shoot from out there yeah okay when you make 10 in a row <laughs> then you can do that right yeah but what, but it goes back to the thing like once i saw that he could actually hit it right yep. so then we started working on how to shoot properly right because obviously he's got the eye to get it in the basket but let's get some form let's get some technique and Mm -hmm. stuff like that meanwhile the other kids are still you know the Mm. i I can't see my hand motion but anyway it's a lot of fun um but again you can wear those kids out Mm -hmm. because i mean imagine holding what five six seven pound ball Mm -hmm. and throwing it you know when you're only what 45 maybe 50 pounds yourself yeah. right yeah. yep you know yeah. 20 times in a basketball game mm-hmm. you know he would get frustrated because okay take a rest i don't want to come out no you're, you're gonna burn yourself out mm-hmm. right. no i'm fine no let somebody else play like this is the conversation <laughs> yeah. i'm having with him meanwhile his mom's in it my son wants to play let him play man 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 he's not the no i got it i, I think and <laughs> and uh just talking out loud like it i enjoy coaching my team at work and i feel like a lot of the, uh, a lot of us parents who are decent parents, the ones that truly get it enjoy coaching because they're doing it for the right reasons. Like you want to build better people in society. Right. You want to, you know, it, it encourage them and teach them stuff and, and yeah. talk about teamwork and 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 like people. It's it's refreshing to hear that because you see the parent who's living vicariously through their kid as the coach. Because he's Mr. Baseball, and my son is going to bat every single inning, and all you know, like it's nice to hear that there are people who are doing it responsibly, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh yeah, and and don't get me wrong, like all of I feel like all of us are one or two great games away from the dark side. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like there there were a couple years where where my sons were killing it at football, and I just remember stopping and thinking like. Wow, I could be like Archie Manning. Like people would call me every year and ask for tickets to the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like and how dare I even think that way? But I mean, it's very easy to slip into that. You know what I mean? Because when you when you're winning, you're winning, right? And when it's when it's good, it's good. Yeah. Um, it it's very hard to keep the focus on it, especially when you're competitive. Because that again, as I say all the time, like that's a, competition is what moves our society, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be the best at something, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And so when maybe you weren't the bestest that you could have been, right, in your own life, right? And so we all want our kids to be better, 
right? So, yeah. hey, you guys are going to be better than me, you know? Um, and they did that. Like I told even playing football for a whole season, like they outdid me because I tried it and sucked. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, but it, it's really easy to slip into that. It's very careful. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was the main thing I had to watch for. Even came down to a conversation with my son where I had to tell him, like, I don't, I don't love you because you're an athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love you because you're my son. Yeah. Like, you go out there and stink it up, right? Mm-hmm. We could leave right now if you want to, right? Let's finish the game first, and then we'll talk about that. Is Derek still there? He's there. I was. Are you talking? Can you talk, Derek? I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm here. I'm just listening to the conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, Derek hasn't said anything. Did he hang up? <laughs> What's going on back there? <laughs> oh, he's engaged, man. He's, he's taking notes. He's taking notes on, on his. Uh, yeah, I was taking some notes. I was uh, just kind of, you know, trying to get some tips. The uh, the next ten years of my life here, listen to some experts. It's been good. Yeah, been just good. enjoy it, man. That's really all I can say. Because like at, at this point in time, I can be honest with you, I don't miss it at all. Right? Yeah. I really you, don't. You're miss. you're less than six months out though, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like, it's new to me. Like I'm newly just, free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't miss yeah. it at all. Maybe ten years from now, maybe five years from now, I will. Right? So just enjoy it while you're in the moment. Like enjoy every game, every like all of those things to get as much of it out, out of it as you can. You know, absolutely. I did such a short period of time. I'm like, you know what? I'm all in. Let's do it. Let's go. You know, I'll be those parents. We'll be at every game we can be, and and all that. So yeah, loving it so far. It's it's being. I don't have a team mom, which I'm glad you brought that up because I may need to bring that into the forte. It's draining, like trying to recruit right you, you have all these trials and you didn't get as many kids as you want you still have opening spots and you're mm-hmm. going through these things and then you know we do um with our package we do uh, crossfit training mm-hmm. as a team we do all that we get two-on-one with a with a instructor for p- hitting two on instru- two-on-one f- instruction for either learning how to pitch or catch and then you know tracking down uniforms like who's paid for this paid for mm-hmm. that sometimes i look at it, i'm like my gosh i'm drained yeah. like i am literally drained. i asked some of the other baseball coaches club coaches I was like when do you guys vacation because we didn't take one at all this summer and they're like oh usually in july august that's when we have the open time but then you got fall ball starting right back up. i mean it just yeah. keeps going and i'm trying to figure out you know you're tracking down parents like hey have you registered yet have you done those are all the things that people don't see yeah. that you're doing and, and right. i've had lots of assistant coaches like hey i'm glad i'm not in your shoe, t- shoes to have to have those conversations with right, some parents right, and right. stuff like that and it's just and you're working your own job right you're mm. you've got to i was gotta, gonna say luckily for you you don't have a day job <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> yeah. right yeah <laughs> that's all you do right yeah, yeah so it's just that next expectation when you get to that club level because there are certain expectations that the parents are expecting from you they want to see quality you know parents don't want to come out there and go and see your team lose 17 to 2 which we had happen we had happened on several occasions mm-hmm. it's not you i look back and i'm like you think that was fun for me you think it was fun for the kids i was like we didn't want that to happen yeah you know we did that's not what the goal expectation we ran across a team that was better than us and we just didn't play as well as i thought we could it's going to happen but also having those conversations where we have kids so if we have a game at 9 30 in the morning our routine is you got to be there an hour early because we go through stretches warm mm-hmm. up the arms we do a little batting and stuff like that but then have certain you know, parents like, I hey, look, we're not going to be there because we just don't feel like being there. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, 
then we need to have a conversation. And that's not the conversations that I want to have, but those are the conversations you're dealing with. You're, you're, there's expectations to be a club team. We expect that you, going back to what's your expectations, I expect you to have your kid there mm-hmm. on time for these things. I ask you for that. Yeah. So, and if you can't, like, let us know. Then like most, cool. Most the cool. Coaches, right. Yeah. yeah. But you can't. You can't. Right. right. But let's let's work around it. Like, don't do it to me the day of. No. Right. Right. Uh, if you're free Saturday morning at 8 a.m., I could use a ringer for Aiden's free. <laughs> <laughs> Come up in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a dime back the whole season. Yeah. This guy's hitting long balls out in the outfield. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, I'm just kind of blown away where we were growing up to where it is now. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's been an eye opener for me. It, it really, it really has. I just could not believe how much the club aspect is and it's not just baseball it's for every sport oh, that's yeah. out there now like feeder teams yeah we're going august 17th to go try out for a feeder team for timberland's feeder team yeah i had no idea that was even a thing Wait, whoa whoa timberland has a feeder team timberland has a feeder oh, basketball at, team at, let me you we could do a whole nother episode about <laughs> youth sports in wentzville all right when we talk about <laughs> what's going into the high schools now like that's a whole nother yeah arena you yeah. know what i mean like it's it's treacherous like <sighs> really it, it really is. I, I mean, we're sitting there at uh, Rush Soccer, and all these dads are talking about these I nine sports and these feeder teams. And I'm like, "What is this? I, we're playing yeah. YMCA basketball. I'm coaching. That. I don't even know what 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 is this? Yeah. Oh yeah, when's it start? August? August? Yeah. For a well, like, Brains in fourth grade. Yeah, he's dude, in fourth grade. Dude, when I tell you that practice was a major part of my life, like it, it really was all year round. You know, mm. winter, spring, summer, fall, hot, cold, rain. You know, Mother's Day, we'd be playing flag football in the spring. You know, mm-hmm. um, Sabrina hated that. Like, I got to spend Mother's Day at Progress Park in Winsfield in the sun. This is why I start buying tents. Like, we bought tents and we had yeah. pop-up tents and yep. we're sitting under the mm-hmm. tent because she doesn't want to melt on Mother's Day, right? Sitting out in the heat, yep. watching our sons play flag football while my daughter's on the side with pom-poms, you know, cheering on the flag football guys. Like, it's all year round. Like, and Man. practice two, three nights a week. Like, what do we have to practice in flag football? You just run? Right, you grab a flag, <laughs> right? Yeah. But no, coaches are teaching their offense to the skilled players during flag football season, so that when they get to high school, they're ready to go. No, not even that. So when the fall comes and the actual football season starts, now everybody already knows the plays. Ah, uh, you see what I'm saying? So like they're playing just like they have training camp for base. Like that's what they're doing with flag football and all these other things. Like it's 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 amazing how much effort and time goes into all of this stuff. And I don't know how you don't do it without parent involvement. Like, oh. I get coaches, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But, like, you got to – please, like, get all – I'm sure they're there and they're waiting to have an input and a say. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. They'll know? be the first ones to, to gripe about what's going on. But where were you when the volunteers were out there? Like, like, why didn't you sign up to come yeah. volunteer? No, no, I'm sure. I'm telling you, there's a mom there right now who has a clipboard waiting for you to say, hey, can you take down names for me? Okay? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you guys got drafted – for the YMCA because they didn't have enough coaches, right? Yeah. So well, it, well so it was I didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, so I, I was it, I was in the middle of training Ziva like for my test. That's right. And Julie's like, "Well, do you want to do it?" I'm like, "No, I need. I've spent three years on that dog. We're gonna pass my test, and yeah. I don't have time to coach the kids." No. So so Julie texted me and said, "Hey, are you uh, interested in coaching uh, Charlie's baseball team? Uh, basically." If they didn't get a, if the team didn't get a coach, they weren't going to be able to play. 
They, um, they did that to me in Boy Scouts, too. Well, if no one's so, the den leader, they won't have Boy Scouts um, this year. <laughs> so I actually I thought about it for a couple days and then said, yeah, I'll do it. So. But going back to the wow. parents, like that first text message you wow. sent out to the parents, uh-huh. some of them were just like, Karen's oh, vicious so, back at you. Yeah, so, well, that was... the more of the result of poor communication by the YMCA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I got my initial roster um, on a Tuesday and we practiced for the first time the next day hmm. because the season was going to start that Saturday. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my um, good. So initially yeah. my roster had 13 players on it. And so I sent out like a mass group text to the parents and like Right away, I had four players that had said, "Oh, we've already told them we aren't playing." So, I was down. We've been down to nine. Um, now we've played our f- our first four games. We've had uh, like eight players. Uh, no no catcher. Short, short. You guys are playing short. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. catcher, and then we had uh, the pitcher Brian pitcher playing Bri- defense. Like while well, the the coaches pitch, but the the other team has a pitcher playing defense oh, at yeah. the mound. Brian so. struck out more of our guys. <laughs> it's, never, it's always rough when you're the K leader. I know. <laughs> on your own team, like, whatever. Brian's throwing change-ups. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't understand why these kids can't swing. Let's go. Right? No. <laughs> Got the third base coach barking at the kids. Derek, what, are you coaching anything right now? Uh, we're starting up soccer next week, actually. So we'll be our soccer season starts September 10th. So yeah, we'll be, mm. be doing soccer, and then uh, I think if we have enough interest, we'll probably get the kids together do a little indoor for the first time together this uh, this winter, and then uh, we'll do baseball and soccer in the spring. So are you going to coach the indoor? Right yeah, yeah, I'll coach indoor. Yeah, so I kind of made the decision. I was like, I'll coach soccer. I love doing that. But, like, with baseball, I'll kind of help out, you know, just because I don't want to overcommit myself. Right. Um, well, and I did. But, uh, so, yeah. like, like, I didn't know anything about baseball. That's why. That's one another reason why. I, like, Brian <laughs> plays. You play softball. Well, yeah, I played. I play softball. I played baseball basically from T-ball up through high school. So, and he worked for the Cardinals. I don't know if you know that. Or not. Yeah. If, you listen, if you listen to the prior po- prior yeah. podcast, he did he's got a World Series? He's got a World yeah. Series ring. <laughs> yep, yep. You've got a World Series ring. Yeah, it has they, his name, has his name on it. Yeah. Wow. He worked tell on. me, Brian. Tell me you wear the wear the ring when you're coach pitching. Tell me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dang it! Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Put it on the thumb and get out there and let him. Hey, rip. Listen, listen, Yadier Molina and uh, yeah. Wayne Wright were his coworkers. Yeah, they were for a short time. Wow. <laughs> That's how you start out your first practice. Yeah, well, listen, I, boys, listen, boys, yeah. listen, boys, listen, boys. This yeah. right here, the rally squirrel on the side of this ring. No, no, you you use that on the parents. You're like, how many World Series rings do you have? Sir? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to tell oh, me sorry. how to win? This? I didn't realize you had hardware too. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Yeah. You, you got the World Series ring on one finger and the yeah. National League champions yeah. on the other on the other finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's that's pretty good. Be like, hey, I need to bring you for recruiting. Be like, hey, look, we got somebody yeah. who played for the was on the yeah. World Series he was organization. Organization. Oh, you just say he's got the rings. No, yeah. this guy's got because that's the conversation. Yeah. Like, how many rings do you have? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, it's sad, but another topic is volunteer for. 
coaching these these clubs, umpiring. They're, they're mm-hmm. struggling. I mean, games were canceled for us this year because we didn't have umpires because nobody's mm-hmm. wanting to get out there and do it because they don't want to get yelled at, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, yeah. and, and the volunteer, like I, I got brought into the basketball last year for YMCA uh-huh. because they literally said they didn't have any teams. They sent out an email and said, we do not have enough coaches mm-hmm. for these teams. And I w- walked in there and they gave me a whole – basically – saw how many teams were still didn't have coaches like three mm-hmm. and i looked and see what practice nights they had mm-hmm. available and that's the team i chose and they just put Braden on there but mm-hmm. you know we were sitting at um peyton's practice because she played basketball ymca too and these kids showed up and the, there, were, there was only two kids the, the coaches didn't show up and the guy called the uh director of the ymca and the basically the director said sorry man we just don't have coaches and the games were that saturday and this was like on a Tuesday. Was this the O'Fallon YMCA? This was the O'Fallon YMCA. Yeah, that's what we've been doing. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of went downhill. I, and I get, I, I, it's just the new girl seems like she's a bit more on top of yeah. things. Than oh yeah, the other guy. That, that's yeah. good. And the and the parents were just irate, which I would have been too. And they're like, well, why didn't you guys put us on a different team or something? Like we have games on Saturday mm-hmm. and we have not yet had one practice. We don't have jerseys. We haven't even seen a team yet. And, they're like, and now you're telling me we don't have a coach. Yeah, like yep. that's and I feel for the the kids. Like we're trying to give them an experience. Yep. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it and I I don't know what your guys' opinion on it. Like even if you don't know basketball all that well, you can go Google. There's you can get online and and get practice mm-hmm. material. And do those things. And depending mm-hmm. on what age you're coaching, right? Right. And, and just let the kids have fun. Yeah, we're talking. We're talking six, seven, eight year olds is what we're yeah, talking about here. You know, and and believe me, if a kid comes out and he plays for the Y and he's serious, right, and he really wants to be a hooper, not just a kid who wants to play basketball, like they'll move on. They'll let you know when they're done. Like, okay, this was great, right? But at least give them the opportunity because mm-hmm. that's what I'm. All, we talked about this. Like, I'm just the opportunity exposure to see if it's what you like, if it's something you want to do. I mean, who knows? Maybe this you don't like this sport, right? So if you don't like this sport, then go try soccer. It's very similar. You mm-hmm. just use your feet instead of dribbling. Right? I mean, you dribble, but you don't dribble. <laughs> There's <laughs> dribbling. Yeah, you are right there. Dribbling. Right. You right. know. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't work, then play football, where it's a much more coordinated team effort, right? Or if you don't like that, do baseball, right? Because yeah. baseball, to me, in my mind, baseball is super individualized. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, the team benefits from your individual efforts. Like mm-hmm. figure out which one works for you, yeah. right? But at least. Let's give the kids an opportunity, um, which is why I kind of jumped down and started coaching after my kids got to high school because I couldn't do it anymore, right? And I didn't know what to do. But even the high school practice schedule was so rigorous that it didn't even allow me time to, to coach the other kids, you know, yeah. the kids that weren't my kids. And now I do the politics stuff, so there's no time for that. But anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, it's soccer, basketball, it's fundamentals. We're, I, we never ran plays. It was yeah. basically, hey, here's how you dribble the ball, right? Here's how, and we, we went to like blocking out, rebounding because it was nine year nine nine you kids, you know, just teaching them, let those kids. So the funny thing is that we get out there on the first practice, and I said, hey, who's played organized basketball? And I had I think eight or nine kids on the team, and two kids raised their hand. Mm-hmm. Everybody else had never played a lick of basketball. Mm-hmm. I had two twin brothers who, literally, I could not keep them in the same line because they would literally punch each other and fight each other. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you over here, you over here. And they're like jumping on each other. But, you know, it was like, hey, look, we're just going. And the mom, the mom and dad were like, make them run. I'm like, I just want them to stop punching each other. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like just stop yeah. punching each other. But, you know, we were just trying to do fundamentals. Derek, just like soccer. I mean, right now, the, you're because otherwise wherever the ball's at in soccer or, ba- or basketball, that's where all the kids want to run to. Right. It's like that's you right. space yep. kids out, like trying yep. to get them to space it out. Like, yep. oh my don't go towards the ball. Like, 
That's what oh we're just trying goodness. to teach. The yeah. Right? You know how long and it took to get them to understand that, you know, we can use all of this space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like well, it's okay. It's okay for you to stay over yeah. there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was the challenging part uh, for me, too, is like figuring out because these kids are so new is obviously like we started out with very basic fielding a ground ball, catching a ball. But like once we started playing games, figuring out, figuring out like what was what's too much to teach them as far as you know being kind of over their heads, but also helping them progress. Like so after that, because before that first game, like I had really no idea what to expect. Um, so then after that, I was able to be like you know, in practice, okay, now we need to work on thinking about where you're going to go with the ball before it's hit to you going over like all these situations with runners on base. And that's, that's like a lot of what we've been working on in practice is those situational type things. Cause when you have the shortstop, the second baseman, the third baseman and the outfielders come in for a ball, there's yeah. no one to throw to. Everybody <laughs> wants well, to get the ball. Right. Well, yeah. our, our biggest thing was, like there especially when there was say a runner on first base there was never anybody that would cover second base and so that was um that was a big thing and like you could just see a guy a kid field a ground ball and just have complete deer in headlights like what do i do with it and you probably just told him five seconds before that <laughs> yeah get the ball comes to you you're gonna throw it to first base and the ball comes to him and he's like you know what's funny is i feel you know, like you know how you see basketball coaches, they're they're always like on the sidelines yelling instructions, and yep. I feel more like a basketball coach than a baseball coach. <laughs> you, you do, uh, Braden's. Um, we did machine pitch last year, and um, I assistant coached on that uh-huh. one. I, and uh, he had his dad play. He played for Merrimack University, mm-hmm. right? He's just big, just. Got to mouthful of seeds. He's spinning. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right. He's like, when do we start introducing double plays? I go. Double plays. I go. Let me let me get you back to reality. I said, if we get a kid that fields a ground ball pro- properly and throws it to the right base, we're going somewhere. And he goes, "You're <laughs> kidding me." I go, "No." And I said, if the first baseman catches and we get an out, you better be jumping up for cheering. Like that's an awesome day yeah. for us. He goes, yeah. "Oh, so there's no double plays?" I was like, "Dude, no. We're wrecked ball. Ate you. Like, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. No, there's got to be three things that happen. Fields it, throws it to the right base, and then catches it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a win for us. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, we are real basic." I was like, "Yeah, we're real basic." Yeah. All right. So I do hate to cut off a great conversation. We are at another hour. Wow. Oh, man. I know. I know. So, uh, Derek, you got any? Okay. Derek, do you have any final thoughts before Jason starts talking about another topic? Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, man. No, tonight was uh, tonight was very enlightening. I uh, I learned a lot from uh, from some guys that have a lot of a lot of good knowledge. No, I think it's cool to hear that there's um, you know there's a lot of people that have their you know the head and the hearts in the right place. You know when it when it comes to wanting to coach or wanting to be a part of the game. Um, hopefully, you know somebody will hear this podcast and they'll kind of realize. Listen, like. Youth sports only go as far as good coaching and just good volunteers and just people that want to be involved in it. So hopefully that that helps out because, you know, if there's nobody to officiate a game, you can't have a game. If there's nobody to coach a team, you can't have a team, you know. So that's a, we could probably talk about that for an hour, you know, how you get people involved with that. But 
No, this has been real good. I appreciate you guys uh, including me from afar. Yep. Well, this has been, been well, hope, nice. Hopefully you uh, feel better and you can come back to society at some point. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there next time. No worries. All right, Derek. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Until next time. I'll see you. All right. See you, Thanks. fellas.